Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin and with me today are... Jake. Chris. Ames. And special guest... <gasps> me! James. Hi. Hi, James. He might be a duplicate of James. We'll discuss this <gasps> in a moment. Though. Fuck. Are you feeling like you can't breathe in our really normal <laughs> atmosphere? Oh, fuck. Not again. Oh, sorry. I, I farted. Jesus Christ almighty What if that's what I breathe in? We haven't even got through the intro song And we're already doing fart jokes This is episode 279 Of A Star to Steer Her By Which is one short of Two... What, did I say 179? No, you said 279. which is one shy of 280, which is a very big number indeed. They're all big numbers. They're bigger and bigger. Every time. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was shocked when we got the double digits and even more shocked when we got to 100. So the fact that we're at 279 is <laughs> fucking mind-boggling. We are tickling the taint of 300 as and, we speak. And I hear that, it, interestingly, as we cross the 280 barrier, we will additionally be marking our 280th podcast listen <laughs> <laughs> and it's been aims every time me every time <laughs> i listen to the ones i'm on wow so this will be no, our 10th no, listen. No, listen i listen to all i only don't listen to the ones i'm on so the only episode i've heard is the episode i missed when you guys talked about that episode of black mirror i just listened to that one on repeat all right anyway uh episode 279 Woo. and we're here to talk about two more episodes of Star Trek The Voyager. First we're going to talk about Demon, and then we're going to talk about One. So it's a very exciting day. Alright, so in Demon, we have returned to first season Voyager, and we're running out of gas. Uh, we're looking specifically for Deuterium, which is a real thing, and but I don't I don't like the name of it. It sounds like something that deteriorates, and like that's why I think they run out of it. Not because they used it all, but because it just like melted away. Like That's what I think happened. Anyway. I have, there's literally a note on the card. It says... Read the very bottom line. It was established in Innocence that the Warp core needs refueling every three years. Yes. Oh, well, hey. Oh. What do you know? It was established... three years ago. As we all know, it was established uh, in Innocence that the Warp core needs refueling every three years, and so our three years is up. And uh, we're all bunking down, hunkering down, and bunking up in the old... I don't even know where in, like, the... Are they going to the actual rec hall to hang out? Uh, level f- 14, that's all I know. Turning off life support every place else and praying to God their oxygen and power hangs out or holds on because otherwise they're going to be floating through space aimlessly. Luckily, though, Seven of Nine is doing her signature ignoring orders thing, and she spots a planet that is full of deuterium. Only problem is it is a demon class or Y class planet, which means it is wicked inhabitable, wicked fucking hot. It's made of poison and brain melting radiation. So they're like, maybe we should try to, I don't know, beam some up. So they try to beam some up, the deuterium from the planet that is, and it fucking melts their transporters. So that's not going to work. And uh, then they're like, well, what? 500 Kelvins, air's made of poison. Yeah. Harry's like, don't worry, me and Tom are gonna go. It's gonna be wicked awesome. I'll just, um, fiddle with the shields on our spacesuits, and I'm sure that'll be fine. Sure. 
Harry, um, more suicidal than usual. Yeah, dude, Harry, what the fuck, my dude? So they uh, they do they shuttle they shuttle on down, and of course they were able to like adjust some fucking screws on the shuttle, and now that won't immediately melt in the atmosphere either. Magic. They get there and they're looking around and they're like, whoa, there's deuterium like over here and over here and these caves are gross and everything basically looks like hell on earth, except not earth. And uh, they find this like liquidy, metally puddle thing and they're checking it out and uh harry falls the fuck in and somehow paris is like whoa and pulls him back out again but unfortunately it's breached his uh magical space suit which apparently can withstand 500 kelvins but not a little fucking liquid and metal liquid and uh they both uh lose all their oxygen and pass out Meanwhile, on board, I almost said the Enterprise, the Voyager, they're like, hey, we haven't heard from those guys in, like, days. You think they're dead? No, they're probably still totally alive. Let's go find them, says Janeway or whoever. So they send, uh... Chekote and um, Seven down to check it out and they find Paris and Harry and they're fucking fine. They're walking around no spacesuits. Look at me. I can breathe poison and I'm not hot at all. It's great. You should do it too. Yeah, Harry, take, off your, take off your spacesuit. So not just <laughs> suicidal but also homicidal. Homicidal Harry, they used to call him. Anywho, they're like, well, let's grab some of this deuterium, deuterium, whatever the fuck, and uh, go back up to the spaceship and find out what the fuck is wrong with you. So they do. And Harry and Tom are immediately suffocating on air. They get locked onto their uh, med bay beds, bio beds, that's what it's called. And uh, they have to keep streaming in the poison gas that used to be really bad for them that is now the only thing keeping them alive. Isn't that strange? Meanwhile, we're mining the planet. We take home some of the silver goop that Harry fell into, and we find out that it's like a mimetic substance, by which I mean that it takes on the characteristics of the shit that it touches. Maybe this explains why Harry and Tom are suddenly super into the surface of the planet. And yes, surprise, that's exactly what it is. Um, They have been duplicated by the silver blood which is some kind of well now sentient thing and uh it grew a brain it out did. of touching harry who would have thought who would have thought that was possible <laughs> they basically the the <laughs> it's a lot of setup for like a really like ultimately not a big fucking problem they get back real Tom and real Harry, and it turns out their super suits were just like, no, they're fine. Don't worry about it. They had no oxygen, but we kept them going. The silver blood people are like, but we really don't want you to go because we like having sentience. And they try to like stop Voyager from leaving. And Janeway's like, all right, I can either blow up the ship. But what if I give you some of our DNA and you can clone everyone on board? And the silver bloods are like, Definitely sounds blow up great. The shit. <laughs> and then they leave, and that's the whole end of the episode. I, what the fuck? It's a weird one. It's fucking it's weird. A, it's it a twist weird. every scene because you yeah. think, the oh, it's, it's going to be about surviving on this planet, and it's going to be hard. Okay, cool. Oh wait, it's going to be about basically the same thing as the ambergris element from. TAS in which Kirk and Spock turned into fish people because mm-hmm. that was a thing like oh no we're gonna have to leave them behind like we almost had to leave Janeway and Chakotay behind once mm-hmm. oh no but no no additional twist it's twists on twist this episode it would have been way more interesting if the reveal had happened way the fuck earlier yes and then it was like dealing with it and also, like, let's watch... The, the ethical debate. <laughs> well, let's watch this previously alive, but barely and non-sapient thing come to grips with suddenly... 
Because, like, not only is it something sentient, it has life experience because it absorbed the memories of the person it copied. So it's yeah. like, yeah. I know on paper what I do, but this is all new to me. Ah. It's like the existential crisis that Tom Riker goes through when he realizes, oh... The other me, which I didn't know was a thing, continued living a pretty great life, and I got to suffer for many years. And then he got to suffer more in Cardassian prison. Wee. And then he got to make out with Major Kira, so swings and roundabouts? Well, that was between the sufferings. Whatever. That was the inter-suffering period. Worth it. I feel like, I'm saying. I feel like it might be a good idea to get the Neelix stuff out of the way in this Let's episode. Let's do it. The, oh, they totally it. fucked. No, weird the very I thought it needed cutting. Yeah, no, it's like they could have completely cut that and focused more on the existential weirdness of the A plot. Oh, okay, I agree. forgot that that was this episode. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's 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 pretty inconsequential. It's just literally like, oh, everyone, everyone has to like basically live on the same Bunk floor. Yeah. It's very crowded. And Neelix... Uh, Neelix trying and to his like, buddies. <laughs> Neelix was, Neelix <laughs> was little, little three crewmen yeah. we've never seen before. None of whom get lines. <laughs> yeah, Neelix got the idea from Tuvok because Tuvok was like, "You can't have this blanket. You have to use a crappy blanket." I don't know why he needed to use the. Yeah, crappy it doesn't blanket. take up more space than the crappy blanket. Yeah, and like so, Tuvok was like, "It's like uh, you know." Neelix says the blankets make him itchy, so Tuvok's like, "Go, go to the doctor and get an anti-itch cream." And Neelix is like, "Yeah, I should go to the doctor." And, like, winds up just crashing in the sick bay and being a real jerk? Uh, no. Other way around. Other no, way ever, around. I thought they were both being jerks. Well, if Neelix, thing... Neelix was, like, being very this... uncompromising and the doctor was being This very was extenuating circumstances because they're basically cramming the whole crew onto one deck. Yeah. If, you, if you're doing that, yes, you should be using all the resources you have so that they can fucking survive better. Oh, yeah. for, for and sure. And you've been, like... Ordered by Chakotay to get the cork out of his holographic ass. And yeah. He chose to be childish. I don't know. I still I still feel like it's like Neelix was making a huge imposition and was very oddly unaccommodating. Huge imposition. None of those beds were being used. No, no, but and when was, they no, were, he left. It's still the doctor's home. Okay, but they're all the dumping their home. That's where right the doctor now. lives. Turn him but off. also, it's yeah. not really the doctor's home. It's like the sick bay. It's like a community oh, room. It's, I mean, I understand, it's but the doctor's but home. but again. No one has their quarters right now. Why should he get special No, I, I agree. But, like, I still feel at the same time, like, you know, it's like Neelix, of all people, would be the one to understand that, like, I am entering into your space. It would be like, know, you know, having like having good. everyone in his kitchen and then, like, stomping all over his stuff. Nobody wants to be in is, his kitchen. Everyone was in his kitchen. They even said at one point that the mess hall was full. Yeah. So. I actually liked one part of this subplot. Really? What yes. was it? Was it the singing? It was when the doctor had the realization that he was the asshole. Yes. When Neelix, <laughs> when Neelix finally left, and the doctor and the and Neelix was like, "Thank you so much for your hospitality. We really liked being here." And the doctor would like have this forlorn look, like, "Oh, oh, I was being kind of a prick the whole time, wasn't yes, he I?" Was. Yeah. And Neelix actually isn't a bad guy, so hmm. debatable. He was just trying to sleep. That's yeah. all he was doing yeah. here, was sleeping. That was my one of my biggest problems, is like, the Doctor doesn't need lights on to do work, does he? 
Probably That's a not. good question. <laughs> we talked about this last week. Like yeah. the doctor shouldn't the have fucking eyes. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I guess that's what I mean. Like, I just feel like. He could have done everything he needed to do without his eyeballs, without the lights on, and being a dickwad the yeah. whole time. I mean, or at honestly, least go in unless, his little office. Unless there's a pay, like, here's another thing, right? Like, why can't the doctor just like live when he you know, like when he's not online? Why can't he continue to run, but just like in the computer? He probably can. You mm. know, but he likes to stretch in his like legs. A stimula- in a stimulation, in like a simulation, <laughs> in like a stimulation. I have two solutions to this problem. Solution A, the obvious one they should have done is cut this whole subplot mm. so that yes. they could focus on the silver blood aliens because there was a lot that they could have mined in this plot that would have made it more interesting. To Aside me. from the deuterium, the deuterium was fine. No, I'm not. oh, the mining. I get it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, that was good. Option two: How big is the holodeck? Because we cram people in there all the time. Well, they- could they just oh, turn the holodeck on and turn it into like the YMCA and See, let people sleep? But there. I think I think there is finite space in the holodeck. I just think that we fit all of Nazi red, Nazi occupied well, they had France to extend in there. the holodecks throughout the ship well, to make do that it work. Again. Well, it didn't they say they shut them off because well, of the power? Drain? Yeah, it was, oh, was, it was it? too much. They power. take up yeah. rats. Um, well, otherwise, yeah. Although they do still have their you know artificial gravity turned on, which would by far be one of the most costly well, that's, systems. That's that's a very I kn- I know last it's, ditch. I know. But Although you are right that, here's the thing, infinite off. space, no, but they're still really fucking big. I should mm. hope they have people bunking in there. Yeah. Wait, how big are they? I thought they were only like 10 by 10 rooms that have a bunch of shit that moves. Yeah, but when you put a bunch of people in there, and you yeah, way guess... more people than the 10 by 10 rooms. You are right. Though, but, the... you, but you can't. The space is the same. It's just that there's like a series of like uh, treadmills and shit that makes you think you're moving, but it's not because it's actually getting bigger. It's just because there's an illusion of like moving. that yeah. music video from the. 90s. But, but I'm just saying, even with an off, it's a decent. Although, again, as I was about to say, the, the TNG that's what it was. deactivated holodeck was a lot bigger. The Voyager base holodeck is a lot smaller, but you can know. still fit people in. I remember there. talking when. Pulaski got kidnapped by Moriarty a million mm. years ago. Yeah. And she was being, she was in the holodeck and she couldn't leave because Moriarty was holding her there in some basement somewhere. And yet, stuffing her with crumpets. Data, Sherlock Data could go in, wander all of London mm. without walking into Pulaski, who is literally in the same room as him. Well, so I think, I mean, we could talk about this one all day, but we I, can. Let's. I think, I think, the, I think the, the idea that I sort of settled on with it is that. When you enter the holodeck, it's one space. But as soon as you get farther apart from another person than would fit in the physical space of the holodeck, it partitions it into two smaller. Now or, let's keep or, doing that too. Or ends, but each one can only be as small as the person and the area immediately can surrounding them. Can we use them. the vertical space as well? That would work potentially. Well, I mean, again, we're in a case where we can't turn them on anyway. Some well, okay. have to go up a ladder or something. Anyway, entirely. Just pointless plot, though. But, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was. Well, it was again. This whole episode was a bit tonally weird. Like the writing is very odd yeah. throughout this whole episode. Like very jarring, especially like you know. So I'm like, I'm like almost a season ahead or something at this point. Like having Whoa. watched it, wow. and I had seen this, and I, I just this morning I jumped back to refresh my mind on it, and like the character writing is very strange. Well, yeah, like I, like. Harry, Harry, Harry definitely Tom didn't seem like himself. Harry, when well, they had him give a big speech about it. Well, Harry, I think that's yeah. because this is on the heels of Killing Game, mm. in which Harry got to be a big boy. True. 
and he's got his big boy pants yeah. on now, and he's like, "I'm going to be defiant all the time." For except no except when seven oh nine comes around, and then and then he's oh, and then he's filled those big boy pants. He's but, a, oh, wow, oh, rare one for me. Did a big Damn. boom boom in those pants. <laughs> but yeah, but again, it's like that would have been fine. But then it's like, let's have a five minute conversation. Where it's like, hey, yes. audience, you might not have picked up on what we showed you, so we're gonna tell you in painstaking it's, detail. It was very strange because usually the characters don't just talk about themselves and each other yeah no, like no, no. for an extended period of time like tom and harry like walked down a hallway got in an elevator left the elevator all this one scene where like harry's basically just having like a character discussion mm. like he even he even lists off a whole bunch of stuff that happened to him over the course of the show yeah acknowledging the show existed before that particular second which the show doesn't do <laughs> That's true. Yeah. like to its detriment sometimes oh yeah no, to its detriment incredibly oh, all the time yeah. Like, it's like, this is this is the kind of thing where, like, it's like, this scene is so strange because they never do it. You know, like, this is supposed to be, like, a character moment for, like, Harry Kim doing something new and different. And that's not what, you know, the producers yeah. wanted. It, it gives me the impression that it must have, like, run short or something. And yet you could have used that time yeah. to play with the Silver Blood people more. Because I liked them. Yeah. Everything about this feels like a first draft. Well, no, but I mean, it, it like like the tone is all over the place. The interesting bit they didn't find what it was until the very end, and mm. you know what bit? Just the reveal. Oh, the reveal with the yeah. silver blood. I think I think the producers realized that the silver blood people are. There's more to tell with them because this episode does get. There are more. We will see more of the silver Spoilers. bloods. Spoilers. Oh, we will? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. This was. This also was an idea that had been kicking around for quite a while because they wanted to do something with duplicate Voyager crew for a while now. And there was an undeveloped episode. The, the, the description of it is up on Memory Alpha. And the idea would have been, here's the idea. Teaser opens. Fireworks. Voyager has made it home. Holy fucking shit. Everyone's crying. Everyone's giving hugs and like tearful reunions and all this thing. Janeway finds Mark and she goes up to Mark and gives him a kiss and then snaps his fucking neck. End of teaser. Wow. And then really? And then we learn, oh, these aren't these aren't the Voyager crew. These oh. are fake Voyager crew and they're home now. Holy shit, that, guys. That would have been so an interesting just... way for Earth to discover. Like if they had done that mm. before Message, uh, in a Message in a Bottle and Earth's like, <laughs> oh wow, Voyagers. Holy shit, they're fucking monsters. I actually want to see this episode. It sounds fun. It would be but... so it would be weird because also, like, what point of the Dominion War are we in at this point? <laughs> yeah. Um Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, well, so like all win. of a sudden they have a bunch of copies showing up they're like oh, we already know what to do with this send them into the war <laughs> yeah speaking of the dominion war so i couldn't help but think about when think about the silver bloods was thinking about bronze bloods oh the changelings, the changelings. oh and like, those dicks i wonder if there's a similar origin story to like if if like is this how the changelings came to be like a oh, solid like, like they were just the great link oh they would hate that and then a solid but but, but imagine because, like, remember how when Odo was talking about how he was floating in space for, like, a hundred years? Yeah. Uh, or more. Did they ever say how long he was in space? They did not. Well, did, well, well, didn't they tell us that, didn't the changelings give us a time frame for when they had sent them out? They, sent, they sent out a hundred 
infants, but they didn't. I don't think they ever said oh, how, maybe when you're it right. was. Maybe it was Let's say at least a century. Yeah, many many time, but he was not aware of anything until he was. They picked him so up and Mara brought poked him and Mara poked him with shit. Yeah, and then he and then he became aware. So I wonder if it's a similar thing where like maybe the the, the changelings were just sitting in their their little pools, just being unaware, and then some solids, perhaps the people from the fucking chase. Yep. Damn it! So like she looks like them. Stopped by their stopped by their planet and dipped their toes in the pool. Or like, ooh, ooh. No, then gooey. it would just then it would just make a toe. Yeah. Well, we don't. Well, but obviously they're different because the changelings don't take on the memories of. Yeah. Yeah, changelings are their own thing. Yeah. Again, their own people. But, but these are very similar. Yeah, I like, mostly love this idea because it would make them. So mad. It would also mm. make the chase make a tiny bit more sense. Mm. Which one's yeah. the chase again? I'm sorry. That's the one where it's a terrible episode. Oh, it's yeah. Where it's like the scavenger hunt all episode. Of, yeah, all of the like the the Romulans, the Cardassians, and Klingons, Klingons, Romulans. And, and the humans, and the Romulans, and the Cardassians, and the Klingons, and the Cardassians, and the Romulans. are in the Romulans, right? <laughs> uh, they're all trying to find. Uh, oh, the wormhole one. That's the one with no, no. Professor Galen. Uh, it, it, yeah, it basically the fact that the universe galaxy was seeded by yeah. this ancient race an and ancient the secret was locked in their that DNA. Came oh, on all the yeah, planets. Yeah, yeah. And they look like yams. And they look like mm-hmm. and they look like changelings because same actress. Actress, yeah. So, so, Salome Jens. Salome Jens. What's her name? Salome. Mm-hmm. It's a fun name. Uh, uh, yeah. So that that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I noticed on the turbo lift you could see the. Uh, you could see the sideburn prosthetics that yes. they that they give the actors. I know it's they so wanted funny. they want all star like Starfleet people to have these like pointy little sideburns yeah. that go down the side, but like but they don't make the actors grow them. So. No, well, I don't think they could. I think that was the problem is they couldn't grow them as far down and as spiky as they wanted. Ah. For and the so, extras, no, no. For this is this was Tom and Harry. Yeah, yeah the, the regulars. All, all the the male actors have to go into makeup and have little sideburns attached every day. I never realized that. Yeah. I assume that the I assume that the, the, the principals would have just grown them out. Well, I I think they couldn't, or or they weren't. It wasn't like thick enough for them. Uh, or like, because I mean, like even even on you and me, we've got like hair in that area, but like I don't think we could spike it necessarily without it. Like it's like mm. yours is yours would be a little thin according to what. Star Trek needs, yeah. You know, I also just trimmed this today. It was yeah. a lot. Thicker. Oh, okay. But like, and it also like kind of goes forward a little. It's yeah. Um, it's weird that that is still in style a century after TOS. It's just how people will be in yeah. the future. Yeah, pointy it's, sideburns. How we should it's be. The, it's the short script for I'm in Starfleet. <laughs> it gives them a certain look. Yeah, getting back to our silver blood friends, whom I do like, but also. Yeah. Holy shit, we annihilate the Prime Directive this episode. So very much. Yeah, they don't even talk about it. They don't even mention it. They're just yeah. like, okay, well, we've done these things, and you have a you have a, a, a Harry and you have a Tom now. Rats. Oh, you want a copy of everyone. Okay. Well, arguably okay. the damage is done, no? Yeah, I was going to say. So, like, A... Nuke it for more. <laughs> we didn't mm. know the that, they, sure. that there was life. We assumed there no. wasn't. So, I mean, right. okay. Yeah. So, like, the, the first Prime Directive breach was just going down there in the first place but that couldn't have be it could not have been avoided couldn't have be avoided a voyager um, <laughs> but then by the time that now that they have consciousness they have harry kim and tom paris's consciousness so they're no longer pre-warp right because yeah. harry kim and 
That's and a Tom lovely loophole. That's know, good. Know yeah. how warp drives. No, work. they seem as we as we keep talking with Harry and or Tom or Silver Harry and Silver Tom, they seem in the beginning to like le- legitimately think that they're themselves. Yeah, and they, they know that they are. Later themselves. on, we start learning from Harry that he has this knowledge of the planet, and he starts to seem to like be blending together. Like, oh, I'm this thing because I know all of, all about the planet, and he seems to have knowledge of both sides basically at that point. Yeah, yeah, not explored. Son of a bitch. Yeah, again, that's had this reveal happened really yeah. much earlier, yeah, yeah. that could have been a big there's, the episode. There's a very interesting moment with, with Tom Paris where he's like, I need to go back to the planet. That's home for me now. Mm-hmm. But And like someone was like, you know, it's like, I can't remember who he's talking to. He's like, I know that I'm Tom, but this is where I'm supposed to be. And like, and that's, that's really interesting. We never hear from Torres about this. Oh, yeah. They don't have a scene together, do they? No. No. Yeah. no we just have her trying to volunteer to go down to the so planet. My th- to so, yeah, planet. I was trying to figure out. So, I feel like... She is back from pregnancy. Well, she's back, but I, yep. I wonder if large parts of this episode were filmed before she was back, and then mm. they just sort of plugged in a few scenes with her. Well, that's why we had a lot of Vorik this episode. A, there was inexplicable Vorik (laughs) doing stuff that that she would normally be doing. Yeah. And then, like, also there was just, like, lots of parts of the episode where it's like, oh, yeah, Torres should probably be here. Like, there's one point when I think we we only hear from her about halfway through the episode. Yeah. Doesn't she have a scene with Vorik? She was. Yeah, eventually she does. She was still pregnant in this episode. No, No. she she had the jacket. They they let her still wear the coat, though. Oh, okay. I think... Uh, Yeah, I saw her wearing the lab coat. I I saw that. I thought of that, too. (laughs) I was thinking maybe it's not necessarily that she was still away when they were... Like, maybe she was getting, like, a sort of a gradual... Um, I feel like I read that schedule. she was like gung ho to be back and away from that baby. <laughs> well, she looked exhausted. I remember well, looking thing, and thinking she looked really tired in this episode. If if the various uh, like documentaries that I've seen just about filming Star Trek shows are, are to be believed, it is an incredibly demanding schedule for yeah. for the actors. Yeah, it's like true. it's like a six days a week. Early in the morning to late at night, especially if you're in makeup like she is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially yeah. for someone that has to have makeup. So I'm betting that even though she was back, she was probably like on a reduced. That's what, yeah, schedule because she has to sense. like yeah deal with baby shit probably. You know, so it's it's not realistic for her to be in makeup at 4 a.m. So she probably had a later call time and and just ended up filming fewer scenes than than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Would be my guess. I Unless, imagine. like Ames was saying, it was preferable to be dealing with the early mornings yeah, yeah. and not if the baby. If if you're an actor in Hollywood, you probably can get a nanny fairly easily. I'm sure they have thousands of them. Yeah, in but the area. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are nervous about having nannies with with newborns because, mm. especially especially if she, if they're if they're nursing, like I feel like a nanny would be much better equipped to deal with a newborn than I would be. Yeah, but. Not all nannies are lactating, so you'd have to find one that was. You can get a pump, or you can you feed get it pump. formula. It's getting weird. Again, there's like people. There's weird. again like people that are very like, oh, I, the baby needs to latch. Listen, she's a Klingon. She's going to leave it to <laughs> its own. True. I wonder. I mean, I guess we kind of see it in in Discovery, but now I'm wondering if Klingons have four. No. So, Titties? anything, yeah. anything else? We've seen Bator and Lursa quite a lot. Well, we've seen we've there was seen, four there, but, but I wonder maybe there's two, two nipples on between each. The two of them. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. What Please, is happening? Someone have a note. 
So I've got lots of notes Good. <laughs> for this episode. Neat. I liked at the beginning, Chakotay was like, he mentioned, when told about the planet, he's like, oh, Starfleet calls that a demon class planet. <laughs> it's also, it's goofy. all, well, it's also known as a Y class. Kind of, it's as if... It's backwards. Right. It's as yes. if, it's as if, like, the ensigns, when they're going through Academy, they're like, oh, that's a Y class. And, like, they're all, like, clever <laughs> about it. And then, and then, like, an Admiral comes in and is like, actually... It's a demon class. Let's be professional here, people. Like, it's like, no, no, no. It's it's a Y class, and people just call it a demon class. Right. But for some reason, Chakotay had that flipped for some reason. Well, one of this is the humans purposely make sure to call it a demon class first and foremost to annoy the Vulcans. Maybe. Why? Because humans are jerks. And, right. and Vulcans look like demons. Well, no, because, you know, the Vulcans would want to just call it a Y class. Well, so the other thing... That I think was a missed opportunity here for like a little meta reference was if it was a Y class, but the nickname was Planet Hell. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that would have been. You know, like yeah. a little meta joke. That's about, a good meta joke. Because uh, it's because like a demon planet, it's just it sounds stupid. It you does. Would, you wouldn't call it that. No. Nobody would call it a demon planet. They'd call it a hell. Yeah, you call it hell. Yeah. That's You'd a call swear. It... 90s Los Angeles do, planet. You can't swear until like 2019 or whenever mm. we get swearing. Science. Fuck yeah. I want to imagine that Paris thinks confident Kim is hot. He definitely Oh, he does. definitely got, yeah. got a chub on. Oh, yeah. Hey. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to. I'll ride a bicycle with you, Kim. Got half chubbed. Yeah. Was a... Okay. But, okay, but oh, you know what was not no, sexy what? of Kim? Because I thought it was aliens Tom? at first, but then it turns out no, he was he was literally just kneeling next to the the pool of goo and fell in. <laughs> like <laughs> well, the no, aliens he, he were conscious. He said it's like he no, was pulled he, in. Yeah, he said he got. He said he felt like something pulled him in. No, he's Arm full of shit because because the alien later says I wasn't conscious until I touched you. Maybe he meant yeah, he was there pulled was like in reaction. in like the French sense of like looking at an abyss and feeling like you should jump in. Like maybe <laughs> that's not, what he, he was, was talking he about. He looked down into the puddle and saw his reflection no. and reached out to it. And <laughs> it was just an off-screen pratfall where he's like getting my sample, do that, my thing. That was another yeah. one. So, <laughs> so they go down to a colloquially known demon class planet and they split up yeah instantly yeah, the I mean, first thing they do when they get down the there the number is they of split times up. they split up on these shows it's just and and it's also like Scooby-Doo there's bullshit. this there's such a huge problem with the fact that like they spend a lot of time building up the demon class planet as being really 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 dangerous mm-hmm. like what was it 400 degree 500 degrees kelvin yeah 500, 500 degrees kelvin which is only 440 degrees fahrenheit Holy so man. Th- i feel like there are scientists that reach temperatures higher than that dealing with like lava and they're okay. Maybe not at the same pressures, but whatever. 500K is not that high. And so they make a big deal about how, like, oh, it's a, it's really, really dangerous. We need to, like, use special shielding on, on our environmental suits. We need to shield, we need to, like, shield the, the shuttle better. And then they go down there and, like, their suits are literally compromised. There are holes in the suits, which is how the silver blood gets in to copy them. Well, I thought that... And then they I just lay that... on the ground for many hours. And they just say, like, oh, well, the backup system kept yeah, them that, alive. Yeah, that was stupid. That didn't yeah. make any sense. I was also thinking, though, that, like, I wasn't sure if the seals on the 
the suit broke because of the weather or because yeah, I thought the, the blood. If the blood, no, the blood did because yeah. Tom. They took a little bite. Yeah, Tom yeah. had yeah, some drop on his we suit. We saw it like get absorbed and it went, in. Well, it, it bore through, and that's how Tom had his suit compromised. Yeah. It, the the suit literally says you have thirty seconds of yeah. oxygen left. Yeah, not Way too. Not you have yeah. thirty seconds of oxygen left plus. 10 hours of backup on Yeah, uh, that was fucking stupid. I didn't I, understand I'm that. I'm pretty sure the swamp from the Princess Bride was more dangerous than this planet. The, um... No, knowing that it was only like 400 something Fahrenheit on the planet now, because I, I don't, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, roast vegetables. But I, I, so I was like, I wanted somebody on the, to, when they were talking about how brutal this planet is, like, it'll melt your skin and, and you know, a human could survive for no more than a couple of minutes. You could bake a whole pizza outdoors yeah. in about five minutes. <laughs> but seriously, just just like, put it on the ground and you'll have a fucking fresh, hot, steaming hot pie. Knowing that that legitimately is, like, something you could probably deal with with a normal, modern-day, like, fireproof suit. Yeah. With some coolant in it's, it is yeah. really, like, oh. But it's also radiac- radioactive. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. That's no, there's, the yeah, there's, that's, yeah, yeah, there are chemicals and radiation. <laughs> radiation. Yeah, so really what should have happened was instead of Tuvok and Seven finding the shuttle and not having anybody there, they should have not found the shuttle and then later found the shuttle with passed out parents. Yes, and Kim in it. that would have that, that would have been solved fine. that problem. That would have been fine. There's there's a lot of things they could have done. They could have even so had they could have even had the um the the silver blood like surrounding them. Yeah, like, emulating emulating them an little, environment to keep them alive because yeah. the silver blood is never shown as malicious. Yeah, ever like it's shown as except desperate. When it, except when it pulls Harry Kim in apparently. Well, <laughs> she just wanted a kiss. Allegedly, right. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's, it's all Harry Kim's fault. <laughs> They're all upset at him for giving them thoughts. So, so this is—I mean, all of them dirty. Ditto. All of them about yeah, sex. Like, thanks, thanks, man. We know how to play the clarinet. Great. Oh, we're on a fucking hell planet. Oh, good. I have awareness now. This sucks. So something that really is like considering everything else a silly thing to think, but I thought it anyway. They wear their full uniforms under the spacesuits. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, because no one thinks it's weird when they find like they think it's weird they're out of the spacesuit, but they're yeah. not like, "Where'd your uniform come from?" Which implies they went in there with full suit and mm. com badge. And the, yeah. and the silver bloods can replicate a com badge. <laughs> yeah, but they, but what's weird to me is that they replicate the com badge and suit, but they don't replicate the spacesuits. The EV suit. Like yeah. Like, mm. why would well, they, they didn't, there? but then they did, and they must have taken them off. Didn't yeah. Tom say they woke up and they were already out of their suits? Oh, I don't know. I I don't, that's what he said. I th- he just said he could... I, I don't know. I guess I kind of assume they just, like, melted. Stripped them off. Corroded away. I don't know why. But, but yeah, I, I... Either way, though, like, I'm just like, there's no way you're wearing that under there. You're wearing, like, long johns or something, probably. Yeah, space spandex. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Again, stupid thing to worry about, but I was just like... It, it honestly kind of fucked with my, like... Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, the thing I didn't like about the whole EV suit situation, we see Seven running around in her EV suit, and it's just as form-fitting as her yep. usual fucking oh, clothes. Well, they even changed her her breastplate. On the EV suit? Oh, my fucking Well, Lord. I wonder if... Okay. We didn't That's do obvi- this with Bolana. It's obviously done for reasons, but I wonder if the implication is that they, like, replicate custom-fitted suits for everybody. I mean, probably. Only for the hot um, ones. <laughs> but seriously, like... It, it has extra, like, 
Like, it's not as bad as her corset, but it definitely had yeah, some it, extra, it, it like... It sucks in at the waist. Oh, I mean, I'm oh, yeah. the plastic oh, component. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the... It actually, she, she has an hourglass shape in an EV suit. How? Yeah, well, no, it even has extra, like, underboob stuff. Oh, I miss the underboob that stuff. That it doesn't have Your with little anyone blinking else. blinking red lights Jesus, on no. <laughs> Yeah, no, this fucking show, the, man. And it, the worst part is, is just knowing, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. So, like, these, are, these are first contacts. Yep costumes right mm-hmm. so they they had several of them and then tailored one specifically to be sexy instead of just letting her wear the damn existing right. outfit and this is the same episode that is literally they literally spent a whole scene fat shaming tom and harry saying you guys have gained yeah, all this weight yeah. oh we're so fat now the, uh, i can barely lift you to the shuttle pod well, see i thought something like when i was listening to that i thought it was gonna like turn out that Something about the goop had made yeah, him I gain thought weight. Was, like I thought it was like I thought like his suit had just filled with goo and they didn't know it or something. That's kind of well, yeah. Goo should be light. It's made out of deuterium, which is very light. Well, it looked mm-hmm. metallic, so I assumed it was made of whatever oh, metal Mario was made deuterium of. Deuterium is an isotype of hydrogen. I think it was this episode, um, but like. The actors actually were really unhappy with those lines. I don't blame them. Because apparently, like, all of the actors had actually gained weight. Because like, they're human oh, people. <laughs> yeah, they're human people. And, like, you know, it's like craft services. They're not, like, necessarily getting salads every day. Or even if they are being given salads, being, you know, tempted Fuck by that, other, things, other things that are delicious. Neelix is food. Yeah, um, Neelix doesn't cook and, healthy food. And so, like, they actually had, <laughs> they had gained some weight. And, like, but, like, instead of being, like, spoken to, like... On a human to human level, the writers just added lines. They just commenting. decided to fat shame them yeah, about no, it. No, literally, Yuck. and like That's they gross. were they were very unhappy about. It. I don't know if it was a scene or like like it happens a couple times. Uh, I think at least two. There where was they the make c- comments on it. Yeah, there's the scene a couple episodes. We haven't gotten to it yet. And it's not really a spoiler, but when when uh, Janeway starts referring to Chakotay as Chubcote, no, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, she's talking about a different chub, buddy. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got I've still got some notes. Oh, I liked I liked so us. early on like they're like Tom and Paris Tom and Harry are really razzing on each other and um Tom is uh landing the ship onto the demon planet and mm-hmm. they have like they have like an error and so like he's got to do it manually and like it's kind of a rough ride and stuff and and Tom <laughs> Tom Paris says, "All right, I'm going to land on my mark." <laughs> mark. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, I always do like Tom and Harry together. I think they're yeah. they're all they're often very cute. They obviously have a rapport that the writers know how to capitalize on. It's it's kind of like some of the only work they're ever given to is mm-hmm. like these interactions with each other, kind of being like the underclassmen, you know, among mm-hmm. among all the adults. Yeah. No, oh, we did another uh, Voyager landing on the surface. Yeah, and we yes. could see its derpy little legs. <laughs> Look at the little little like frog legs on the ground. It was very funny to me. The frog legs are. I was waiting for it to walk around. <laughs> we done like a stop motion of that. This was another example of the dialogue being a little weird because it was all mm-hmm. over the place. Tom, oh, and yeah. Harry, Tom and Harry had the most of it. At the, like after they after they hit the ground when they when they're landing the ship, Janeway says damage report to Tuvok and Tuvok says I could give you a litany of repairs but suffice, suffice to say we won't be going back up anytime soon mm. or you know something to that effect and like it's it was like again another one of these weird character moments everyone's like, yeah, cranky would never do that. everyone's cranky because they have to share level 14 together <laughs> Janeway you know tortures an alien to get her stress relief yeah that's normal that's Janeway 
It didn't. So that scene. So at the at the end, like the ship is being sucked into the goo because the goo is so desperate to like continue to exist as people instead mm. of as like an un, unsentient creature. Mm. What a mistake! And so it's like pulling the ship in, and Janeway has to. Janeway is like trying to negotiate with a uh, fake with fake Harry about it, but like it it doesn't really feel like the ship's actually in danger. It is not. Like, there's not shaking, there's not, like... It's, like, that would have gone a long way. Like, I actually forgot that the ship was being pulled in until, ah. it, was, until it was set again. Yeah. So Janeway's, like, Tuvok, fire. I'm, like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Like, they're, like, you're talking to the person. Settle down. I was, like, oh, yeah, the ship is being supposedly sucked under mm. underground. But, like, it doesn't... we ran out of budget in the season to show it. <laughs> yeah. The whole, like, last five minutes is, like... Super tell, rushed. Tell, Super don't rushed show. It's, right. it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing, like... Because, like, I, I think the last moments of the episode... It, so, it, it reminds me of um, Deep Space Nine when there was uh, the murder mystery with Odo having supposedly killing, okay. like, this this previous person. Um, was this in season this one, criminal. that really early one? Yeah, it was really early. So, oh, like, supposedly, yeah, Odo, Odo, like, was framed in killing someone, but the person had made a clone of themselves. I want to say a man alone. Maybe. Um, kills... Kills the, you know, it's like, so this guy basically cl- kills his own clone, yeah, more yeah, or yeah. less. And so they take a few cells, and that cr- right! that grows into yes! its own person. Yep. And then at the end, Cisco is like, well, the clone grew up, and um, is its own person now, and so we sent Drives it to go, ice cream truck go live somewhere. I was like, you're not going to discuss about the fact that you just cloned a person, and they're, like, alive and can think and are a person, and they're just By gone? accident? Yeah. You left Julian with some goo, and he made a person? And like you Damn never, it! It's like, you never showed any of that. And it was like, what? Why do you... <gasps> What is this? And the same thing happens at the end of this episode where Janeway says, like, let me talk to the crew. We'll give you our DNA. That's all you need. You don't need to take us. You just need to be able to copy us. And then we can go and you can stay where you want to be. But you can still be sentient. And so they're like, okay, cool. And then the episode ends. Like, and that ending scene where Voyager is taking off and there's just a bunch of, like, People Starfleet standing crew there. milling around oh, no, nearby. Fuck you! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you know, they're all milling like, about except Clone Chakotay, who is already building tubs. so tubs. many tubs. Yay! Yeah. Um, and like, it's just so weird. Like, you never, it's like the crew never discusses it. Like, Janeway does say, well, we'll we'll let you have, you know, the DNA. I'll ask for the, you know, yeah. crew members who consent. Yeah, and I thought that was a good touch to include that because I'm sure there are. Like, who do you think would say fucking no? I'm not interested in this. Well, because yeah. if Yo. they hadn't included that, it would have been a bad touch, James. I yeah. prefer that they were just like, look, you've got you and fake Tom. Like, just replicate yourselves. Make so a bunch of them. A planet of Toms and Harrys. Hot, yeah. <laughs> but it turns into um, that uh, that Michael Keaton movie. And some oh, uh, multiplicity. multiplicity. Some of them are not good clones. There was actually a line that I remembered. I don't remember why I had remembered this, but there was a line cut from the end of the episode where Tuvok says to Janeway... It would be interesting, Captain, to return to that world in a hundred years and learn what crop has sprung from the seeds you planted today. <laughs> that's okay, that's good. That's a good joke. Yeah, the another thing I kinda like in this episode that we don't see an awful lot, or we haven't seen an awful lot since like season one. Janeway is a scientist. So when, you know, we have some silver blood laying around and doctors like, I'm going to do tests and all these things and poke Harry and Tom quite a lot. And Janeway says, I want to do some tests too. And then mm. later on we see her and Bellana 
who also like to science, doing their little science club. Mm-hmm. And it's very cute. And I like that. I Except, like the little yeah. touches like that. They They're... were handling a mystery chemical without protective equipment. Uh, the, the, there's something that they sprayed into the room because sure. it's the future. I wonder what they did with the spare thumb. Now th- does, Torres has five now. Into the replicator. I think she just ate it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't she know, occasionally uses it in the bedroom with Tom. I didn't know oh, the no. thumb just had thumb DNA in it as opposed yeah. to the rest yeah. of well, the, the whole, DNA. The whole thing, I wish they didn't specifically... like Every time they try to science anything on this show, it just goes... Poorly. So badly. So we're like, oh, DNA. Don't. Don't make it DNA. Just make it that it's it's mimetic. Just say it, it's co- just copying it touches it. things and it can copy. Well, I think later they did call it mimetic instead. No, I think they, they said that did. first, but then they kept, like, mm. later they kept talking about DNA, DNA. It, it would have been funnier if it just made a full Balana, but could only make a really teeny one because of how little there actually was. It was just this mm. miniature, like, hello. The um, I would have thought it was interesting. Would have been interesting if the the Voyager itself got got copied. Like, doesn't have DNA. I mean, no. but, no, but, 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 they, but the, Jake is cutting the DNA. Yeah, I'm cutting the DNA yeah. from the thing because they re, they replicated the combat. Yeah. The technology True. still right. works. Right, right, right. You're right. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, there's plenty of examples of it replicating non organic or, or non biological I mean, stuff. Their entire outfit. Yeah. So I would I think yeah it would have been cool if. Oh, it would have been really cool is if like the Voyager did sink and they had to abandon ship and it got destroyed and then and then another Voyager just like <laughs> oh that's fun. Popped up. Oh, I like that. Like, there's, there's so much stuff that would have been like better, really interesting that they could have explored. Like just just this i this idea that like they're completely copied and like what mm. does that what does that mean? Like what what does that now mean? Because like Tom Tom was like you know it's like I. I know who I am, but I know I, I should, like, stay here. And he was fine with that. He no longer, like, really, that was the only difference between them is, you know, it's like the copies didn't want to go to Earth. Like, but they were still, like, they were still Tom. Mm. You know, it's like still Tom and still Harry. And actually, sorry, that, that brings me to another point. How did Janeway go along with this knowing a copy's memories? Like, that means... they needed that the means, episode to end. <laughs> that means that, like, the copies know, like... A lot of stuff maybe they, they shouldn't know. They know all about the Omega like, Directive. They do, exactly. What if what if there's, like, you know, it's like, we have been shown on more than one occasion, I believe, that, like, Janeway knows stuff she won't tell people. Mm. But, like, but what if Copy Janeway is kind of like, <laughs> no, nah, I'll tell. Like, but, after, but it's thing, like... But why would she? Because Copy Janeway is going to have the same ethics yeah, that's that regular Well, we, we don't know, though. I mean, how much... Does that change as they realize who they actually they are? Yeah. They, they know who they are. They know they, they should. Yeah. I don't remember See, that's, how this that's, works. Well, there seems to be a brief period of not realizing and then... That's mean, you know, give her a few months separated from her. Like, she's like, hey guys, who wants to hear some neat shit? No. Yeah, I mean... Sorry. If it does work from DNA, what would happen if, like, they gave it a dead person's DNA? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Would, could they make a new lawn suitor? Uh, yes. Presumably they could copy the Please. body but not the mind unless mm. they like froze the body and the mind like the brain and grams. Where do we have lawn suitor frozen? The body can't ship. survive without the mind. They presumably space buried and that's no, the Starfleet. No, they saved him for me. <laughs> oh no. Uh, yes. I leave you with one line. One line that I thought was perfectly fitting and also it works for both episodes today. <gasps> oh. Harry looks at the planet and he's looking and he's so in awe and he says it's breathtaking. Because literally, this is the only place I can take breaths. Aha! Yeah. <laughs> do we do we want to talk about the one racist line? 
What was the oh, oh, Indian, oh, the Indian yeah. guy? Yeah. 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 Seven of seven of nine is like using a tricorder trying to find evidence of Yeah, you could have just said Boy yeah. Scout for or yeah. in just any So many people know how to track yeah. by a, uh, yeah. Sherlock I mean, Holmes. I, guess, I think I think I mean Chicote was trying to make a joke. Yeah, but it was written by a white it dude. It fell pretty flat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chakotay isn't funny. I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> see, the thing is, I'm surprised Beltran would have said that joke if if he thought it was. I mean, he said a lot of stuff. They're not allowed yeah. to change their lines unless you're Rob, uh, unless you're Bob Picardo, in, the, in which case you can do it whenever you want. Mm. Yeah, I think I think Robert Beltran was just kind of like, I'm just I'm getting paid, whatever. Like yeah. I don't think I don't think he, I don't think he cared enough. Not not that he like didn't care about like acting and performing well and like things like that but i like i don't really think he cared enough to like really fight that hard so what year is this 98 98. yeah nobody gave a shit yet about i mean anything anything (laughs) like i mean also like consider that he's a latinx actor who i mean i still don't know a ton of latinx actors i mean john leguizamo he's hispanic right that's it. Like, that's all I can think of. So, like, the point is, like, he was probably not going to put up a big fuss yeah. because we hadn't all woken up yet about indigenous peoples, and I think that really sucks. He, he, he could potentially have an indigenous background. I, I know for sure that's true. his if he parents, was like, I believe his parents were from Mexico. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're from, like, Central America, Mexico, there's definitely, like, you've got the Mayans he, and the Incas. Yeah, and the he, he may Aztecs? have had indigenous right. background as well Possible, but I, yeah. I am not sure i don't know if i don't know if the casters really cared the, uh, no, well the casters certainly didn't care and right. yeah we can't make a judgment because we don't know True. right it's just it's a bad it's a bad it's line it's a dumb joke, joke. we can judge people. the script though yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I think it's like, I actually thought the first part of that joke, which is like, you know, Seven of Nine is using a tricorder yeah. and looking around and like can't see what's right in front of her face yeah, because she's, she's reliant on the technology. Because she's a bore. And that makes sense. Yeah. I think, and I think that's funny. And then Chakotay says his, it's like, oh, I guess you never assimilated any Indian scouts. And it's like, not as funny. You had the joke within arm's reach. And you went off in some other direction like, ah, and pissed and we, we can make a pretty good joke about this this situation. But can we make it more racist? Yes. The answer is yes. They could. Speaking of making things more racist, let's not. Instead, let's talk about our second episode of the week, which is called One. So in One, Voyager is uh, on its way home, it's tootling along, and everybody starts to get headaches and uh, fucking radiation burns and shit. And it's because they're getting close to a nebula that is just like going to fuck their shit right up. So they turn the ship around and they decide that a doctor and Seven, being the only two crew members on board who are not affected by the nebula's horrible face-burning radiation, will run the ship and everybody else will be in stasis. And why will that save them? I don't know. I guess the stasis chambers protect them or something. Eh, science. And so they're a little concerned about Seven, you know, doing it on her own because she's used to being a Borg and being part of the collective and it's just going to be her and the Doctor. And actually, honestly, we get this really great episode about Seven of Nine dealing with being an individual, like being forced, like shoved down the hill riding a bike. And I mean, I think she probably would have had a tough time anyway, but it turns out after a lot of exposure to the Nebula's bullshit that she too starts to have some deterioration. The ship starts deterioration. That's not the ship starts having issues. Things are 
breaking left and right. Tom Paris is apparently claustrophobic and keeps sleep crawling out of his <laughs> stasis chamber. And uh, the doctor's, what the hell is it called? Mobility. Mobile emitter. What? Mobile emitter. Thank you. His mobile emitter starts breaking. So everything's going to hell in a handbasket. And then we're boarded by, well, no, we're not boarded, I guess. We make contact with an alien and they're like, hey, we'll trade you some shit for some other shit. And Seven's like, that sounds great. My parents are asleep. Why don't you come over to my house? (laughs) And he's a really fucking big creep with big, in my, I said this to Chris, big gold Ducat energy, I thought. (sighs) Because, um, not just because he was a presumptive rapist, but swagger about him. Yeah, and a lizard face. But is it real or is it all just a dream? It's a dream. Seven is hallucinating. She's being chased around by Borgs and lizard people, and she's hearing voices, and the ship is breaking, or is it? And I don't know, ultimately, the. (laughs) She works with the doctor to get through it, kinda, and then she just passes out. And is wakes up at the uh, on the other side of the rainbow, and she's like, "I was having this terrible dream, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there." And they all have a great laugh and are like, "Yay, Seven, you're awesome! We can't wait to hear all about it." The end. And when she goes, has sits with friends. Yes, yeah. yeah. Being friends. True. She learns the power of love. I, I gotta say, I like this episode, but it was the least relatable episode of Star Trek ever. Because you would have loved being alone. Oh my god, yeah. Like, after all this time stuck on this hell ship with the same 130 to 40 assholes. No, it was just a hell planet, not the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a month to myself would have been a fucking joy. I don't know. A month to yourself while the ship is breaking around you sounds like even more stress. Well, being fair... At first, they didn't know that was going to happen so much. And yeah, that would have oh, yeah. sucked. Seven was like, great, I'll be alone. Oh, the doctor will still be here? Ugh, fine. I guess it's better than all of you still here. Oh, but the way they were talking about it, they were just like, oh my god, imagine being alone for a month. And I was just like, sounds good. Yeah, you know that scene in Home Alone where Kevin realizes I made my family yeah. disappear <laughs> and then he runs around screaming and like spilling popcorn? That was Chris at this idea. Like, I even, I, I, I had said to Caitlin when we were talking watching this, I was like, man, at some point I was just like, can we somehow, even once people have stopped dying, still have lockdowns and shit? I love not having to go anywhere and less people places when I do have to. It's amazing. I was trying to reason with him. I was like, but but pandemic, bad. It's really bad well, to not be like, able to leave the house. And Chris was like, no, that was my favorite part of the pandemic. The and I was like, well, all right. The bad part was that people had to die for it to happen. If we could have just had that without death, I'd have been fine. But then again, I also clearly have severe psychological issues. I mean, I don't know about severe. Just, you know. Severe makes it sound worse than it is, I think. Anyway, the point is, yes, you're an introvert. Congratulations. The structure of this episode was a little strange. Because there's no B-plot. Good. There yeah, was, thank like, What the yeah, fuck was, would the B-plot There was kind of like... Tom an, crawling around? There was like an A-1 plot Yeah, they plot keep finding him in weird plot. places. He's like sleep-eating. No, no, the see, they actually... They literally, the B-plot is just they occasionally cut to the silent tubes for like three minutes at a time. <laughs> like, literally, that's it. Nothing happens. Oh, that does bring up one problem I had with this episode. Shouldn't Tom have, like, burst into flames every time he crawled out of his tube? Uh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, That's my only note, actually, for this episode. 
that I wrote down. be covered in lesions. Like, yeah. like wait, I get the minute. I get the the running joke is kind of funny that Tom wants to keep crawling out of his his thing, and it also gives something for Seven to stress about because yeah. if he gets out, he will die. I mean, yeah. why isn't there a fucking alarm or a lock? Yeah. Well, there well, is a lock, but there's a release on the inside. Yeah, Damn it! But there should be an alarm attached. To yeah, that it should like off. well after the first time there would have been. You know what I mean? She would have been like, you know what? I mean, this maybe shit they happens did. again. Maybe, maybe we only know. see Tom yes. escape the first time, and then they put an alarm on it. Let's be honest: seven of nine would have just disabled the lock from the inside, yes. <laughs> the inside of the lock, or, or, or like there. like taped him down or something, yeah. or snapped his neck. Ooh. Well, sorry. Yeah, the radiation got him while you guys were asleep. I mean, Ferris is like ripped <laughs> limb from limb. <laughs> the radiation snapped his neck. What? Mm. Yeah, I was. Uh, I really was interested in the guy, the oh, the yeah. alien that came mm. aboard. Now I, now, I was really now. I had a couple thoughts, and, and I, I'm wondering if you you all have thoughts. Like, a was that a real thing that happened? And they and like he did call and say, "Hey, I need, to, I want to trade for this thing," and they did the swap, and that was it. Oh, did like did that part actually happen? Hmm, I didn't think of that. Or was this all a thing that she came up with? So. I, well, I guess, I guess so. Was was the initial need there? Because like she she also said that she liquid needed helium. Yeah, needed liquid helium. Mm-hmm. Like so, if they didn't get that, would they have been okay, or would they have exploded? What do like, they need liquid helium for? I have no idea. Uh-huh. Maybe cool. Maybe cool. Uh, fill balloons. Yeah, that's right. She yeah. actually just like, really likes doing that thing where she changes her voice. Yeah, but she could have. <laughs> she could have. She could have hallucinated the need for it as well. well like, that's true. Because the ship is. The ship is literally feeding them garbage information because the, yeah. the bio neural gel packs are, yeah, are fucking bullshit. Yeah, kind of which, which makes sense because yeah. you know if if the people are being affected, then yes, the bio neural yeah. gel packs would be affected too. I feel like I, every time the bio neural gel packs come up, it's really just more evidence that this was a bad idea and Starfleet should abandon it. That was a test. Yeah. No, I know, but I think this has proven that yeah. it was a bad idea, and they're like, "You're back to regular chips." Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I think I think to Jake's question, I think that it was fake the entire time because he started acting weird during their first inter- interaction, mm-hmm. where he's like Borg, what's that? And it's like ah, seven of nine, you're Borg. It's mm-hmm. like uh, you know, it's like he he immediately starts weird. So I think he may have been fake the whole time. So if going off of that, my next thing to be interested in would be. Who was that? Was it somebody from yeah. her past? Was it somebody maybe she assimilated yeah, I like and that. has that memory? That is that is my main issue with this episode. Is that is, who's that guy? I feel like, yeah, basically. it's like, but, I, but I kind of feel like... So Star Trek always has like these things where it's like aspects of yourself get personified in different ways. Oh, nothing worse than um, distant echoes or distant voices. Yeah, oh, the, one, the, yeah. the Julian. Yeah disaster <laughs> oh my god where he gets yeah. old yeah and so sorry so yes so the problem the problem is is like i would want an episode where so so i guess i was kind of thinking about it how like you know it's like people have internal monologues and like yeah. internal ideas and like it's like not necessarily that everyone has like full back and forth conversations with themselves but like you know you'll get the you'll get the thought not everyone like i i have i have had things like my brain has said things to me basically in like different ways that that did not feel like it was something that like i initially thought like it's very rare but like sometimes that happens and like you know it's like and other people will have like similar things to lesser extents just like you know the voice in your mind that's like doubts you 
And like, you don't want it. You don't want to think it, but it's still there and it's still happening. Now imagine like, we all know what that is. We, we know that that is like, you know, some part of our brain, like, you know, it's like doing whatever, you know, doing its own thing. Yeah. Running scenarios. A Borg would literally have no idea. Like for, for, she's never been quiet enough to hear her like own internal, internal, like, you know, voices essentially. And so if she was like starting to hallucinate, she would probably externalize them. Hmm. And that would be, it's like, so, so what parts of her does this alien represent? You know, it's like, what is it, what is it saying? And like, I, I think it would have been interesting if it had leaned more into that, where like he was very directly essentially being a part of Seven of Nine's like internal monologue that she just, has never been in touch with because you know she's always had so many other voices. Yeah, I think he's he's largely the this is a threat to my ship, mm. and, and if I fail and he takes over the ship, yeah. everyone will get killed and I'll have failed. Right, and and there are so, like you know it's like he does like it's like she's worried about failure, and so he's like kind of pushing her like pushing her on that. She she's really worried about the crew, especially like you know it's like she's very she's genuinely worried about Tom because she, she keeps hearing him, mm-hmm. and he's like and she's like very worried that like he's gonna get out again and get hurt and like that keeps popping up but like like why is he playing with her like why why is he like toying with her and like being coy about stuff like he his personality like doesn't seem to reflect something that would be sourced from a hallucination within seven of nine i think that their their explanation would be that it's not strictly an hallucination that it's also like they do mention that some of her tech is getting fucked up. Right. Which, I mean, you can, you know, your mileage may vary on how much you're willing to allow that to cause this, what you're yeah. saying. But that would probably be, like, what the apologist explanation yeah. would be. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just obviously she's hallucinating, so obviously this alien is from the character. It's yeah. from Seven of Nine, so how does that fit? And I just, I just personally feel like it doesn't always fit very well. Yeah. Probably he was fucking with her because, like, Star Trek doesn't know how to write an episode about a woman character without her being, like, harassed in some disgusting way. Yeah, there was that one moment where he, like, yeah. stroked her face all creepy. I was like, this yeah. is you. He asked, Why is this he happening? He said we should get to know each other better. Yeah. 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 God, fucking Berman. I think you're, you're viewing this from a very psychological perspective, and it also has to be from a literary perspective, and what is the story? And the story kind of needs... Seven to be doubting herself, regardless yeah. of what's happening with her brain. I just, I think, I think the the alien character I can't re- even remember Trajan. his name, Trajan. Uh, I think the alien character could have personified those concerns better, maybe without the well, like, sexual assault, yeah, without touching yeah. her face. Yeah. But again, sexual assault aside, because that is horrible and didn't need to be there. Way better than anything that happened with Julian. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. That's 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 one of my biggest concerns. Is like when I was thinking about like, oh, what my take would be, like how I would refine it to be something that I, I would personally enjoy a bit more. Is all of those experiences in other Trek episodes where they just get it so wrong, where they have like they individual really aspects of people mm-hmm. being personified by another character because it British always goes work. poorly. So I yeah. I don't know if I could do it. I think any of us could probably do it better than they did. Distant voices. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. think. Yeah. God, that episode. Yeah. I mean, we also can't know right away that Trejan isn't actually a person. Mm-hmm. We need to yeah. think this is an actual threat for quite a while. Yeah. Until until 
the doctor figures it out. Yeah. Or maybe you, maybe there were probably hints before, well before that, but we need to, at least for the first several minutes of meeting him, yeah. think, oh no, Seven let somebody in and this is bad. I think I think they could have solved that just by having... So he already had this angle where, like, you know, it's like he has this intense desire to be the first one to get through the nebula. Yeah. And, like, that actually would make sense because it would reflect her own desire to get through the nebula. And, like, True. she is a very... She is very competitive. She might not care about being first, but, like, you know, she's like, I could do this. I know I can do this. And the, the guy would be a reflection of that as well. And the guy could just be a continued reflection of her f- fear of failure and, like, the harm of these people. And so instead of being toyed with, he's just like, I'm gonna destroy your ship so you can't get through because I I'm getting through first. Mm. Mm. Well, I think he said the first of his people, not necessarily well, yeah. the first ever, so I don't know. If gonna... But no, whatever. They could have just, you know. It's I like They could have tweaked that. But, but yeah, just anything to get rid of the being creepy for no reason. Yeah. I didn't mind it. So, another sort of like, not really related, but you just reminded me because we're talking about the nebula. So apparently Mutara is a type of nebula, not just the yeah, name of a nebula I now. Yeah, that was just what it was called. Yeah, that's definitely what... Yeah, it's the Mutara Nebula in Star Trek Two. Yeah, but then now it's oh. like, oh, it's a Mutara-type class nebula. But apparently it isn't, because this one burns you alive. It could be two different things. Well, yeah, but also, like, if you've it. only found one of those things, then it's the, and once you've found more of them, then it becomes this is a the group new of things. Mutara nebula. Mm. It's a different one, physic, you know. Okay. Oh, it's a class. The class can be different yeah. from the thing named after it. Also, it occurred to me, slightish too, at the end, when they're talking about, like, oh no, we're out of propulsion. It's like, you're in space? You should just keep going at the same speed unless a force acts on you. Well, maybe, maybe the nebula. Maybe, yeah, maybe the, yeah. the nebula has friction or something. That's a I, lot of I friction. I also, I, I imagine warp does need to be active to keep going. Like, well, yeah, but you standard, still... standard inertia. Like, if you're going at, like, I don't know. Sublight. Like, yeah, if you're going sublight, you would keep going sublight. But if you're going super luminal, then, like, you do need to actively be pumping energy into it. Yeah, I meant you'd still, even if you drop out of warp... Yeah, but it's still drift. Yeah, but think yeah, about but think warp, about it. But like, yeah, think warp about how fast versus, warp is. Yeah. Like, if you're going like warp six, for example, like that's that's a logarithmic scale. I yeah, think it is. So it that's is, yeah. like many, 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 many times the speed of light. So yeah. if you had eleven minutes left or whatever they said, like twenty minutes left in the nebula at warp six, mm. okay, now you're suddenly going sublight. Now you're like. 20 years away from the edge of the nebula. Yeah, I wasn't really, I guess I wasn't thinking of the fact that they were going at warp, mm. which they would be doing, so. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, warp breaks. So, yeah. I hope when they went into cryo that Neelix got his blankie back. Right? Mm. Yeah, Tuvok was such a pill. Just <laughs> let him have his blanket. It's his blankie. It's not, but again, like, how much space is the book taking up? Asshole. Nothing. Here's the problem. Speaking as uh, an annoying administrative bureaucrat, if you make one exception, you have to make lots of exceptions. Yeah, then the president would have been fucking annoying. Well, is, is Neelix even Starfleet? I no. mean, isn't he officially no. their ambassador or some bullshit? Yeah, but he might be contractor. They all I'm have gonna, to follow the I'm same saying, rules. A, if, if the limit becomes everyone gets a book, that's fine. No, no Every, because pretty quickly that's 200 books shit. and then you need a whole shelf. But it won't just be books. 
Somebody will want their musical instrument, and somebody will want their favorite humongous yeah. teddy bear. Tom, I'm bringing Tom my pa- fucking tuba with me, and you can't stop Tom me. Tom Paris gonna bring his flashlight. Fucking no. Joe. Naomi Wildman gonna bring her child. <laughs> I think I think Naomi she got is the child. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Oh, right. Samantha Wildman. Samantha um, gonna bring her. It's child. A, you know, it's the Job thing. You know, is it Job? No, not Job. Fuck. I don't know what you're talking about. Is this Bible God. stuff? Um, the guy who's you know God is like, find me a hundred good people, and he's like, oh look, I mean. Wouldn't 90 be close enough? And God is like, yeah, I guess so. What about 80? And then he talks God down to finding one good person in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know this story. Yeah, no, it's, he's like, God is like, finds the, you know, a good man in this evil, evil city. And he's like, God! He's like, oh, find me a hundred good people and I'll spare the city. And and the guy, it's not Joe, but it's somebody eventually talks God down to one, but then he can't even find one good person. So What? Yes! Lot. I was going to say, you. is it the one whose family got turned into just his salt wife. pillars? Just his wife? Because she turned and looked back and God, God said not to. still fucked up the city. Did he not find the guy? Yeah, no, he didn't find the guy. Fuck. Yeah. Wasn't Lot the guy? Couldn't Lot just be like... He had to find another. I'm right oh. here, bitch. That should have been... Yeah, they're really... It's like, Lot's like, how about one person? Ha <laughs> Gotcha! Boom! And then God's of course like, oh, I know geez, it. jeez, you got me, buddy. <laughs> oh. still, still destroying the city, though. <laughs> I love destroying shit because this is the Old Testament. And if he looks upset, he's like, hey, be happy I didn't try to have you kill your family. I didn't ever tell you to kill your kid to show me that you love me. Just like killing kids. So anyway, originally, the mm. script, which was originally called Perchance to Dream. Oh, that's some Shakespeare bullshit. It definitely is. It was supposed to originally be a doctor story, but the writing staff switched it over to Seven because it makes sense to have someone who is so used to being part of a team yeah. in the collective to like have a very meaningful, existential look at herself as a single person. Yeah. So they weird. did a good job with that. It's very weird that they were going to have the doctor supported by the doctor. Call Andy Dick back up. It would have been really weird when the doctor's emitter stopped working, and then so the doctor had to help the doctor back to the sick bay before the emitter broke. Yeah, maybe he could have cracked some fat jokes about how he should be working out more. Yeah, I actually early on, Caitlin, when they were like, "Oh, one other person wasn't affected," and Caitlin goes, "Well, who, Neelix?" And so there was like (laughs) alternate version of. I mean, he's an alien. That'd so. be good. That'd Alternate be version is instead of this big drama, it's actually just the odd couple, but it's the EMH and Neelix for 45 mm-hmm. minutes driving each other crazy. That would have been really good. And actually, building on the last episode would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been Tuva, because they do love giving Vulcan certain powers. Mm. Yeah. It was a good touch that everyone's writhing on the floor. Tuvok is still kind of standing there like, yeah. all right. I'm the most strong one left. I gotta go hit the reverse button. <laughs> well, he got hit too, but he had to rally. He was able yeah. to rally. Because he's a like Tom, well, yeah, the he's bitch Paris. He's from a planet with a brutal, like, I mean, I'm sure the radiate, I'm sure Vulcan radiation tolerance is higher than human. Uh, are we sure that Vulcan isn't a demon class planet? <laughs> we are not. Yeah. Uh, people have been down there. That's uh, yeah. actually why they call it yeah. demon class, is because that's what it's named after Vulcan. Yeah. Man, how how surprised were Vulcans when they first talked to humans about their mythology? It was like, you got a god named Vulcan? That's funny. Wow, that's so weird. Well, I mean, Vulcan's probably a real dude. Yeah. In the start of the Oh, yeah, universe, that's true. He's out spewing his seed all over the planet. Well, I mean, in to be history. fair, in their language, Vulcan probably isn't pronounced. No, no, I know. I'm that's true. It's a, it's a translation. Ass. That's It's human. human. In fact, like, Zephram Cochran was like, I'm going to call you guys Vulcans. And they're like, what? All right, whatever. What are you from? Like uh, a planet Vulcan? 
I bet your planet's like a demon planet, huh? What? Why is Larry <laughs> David? Uh, is that from Cochran? That's a very different first contact. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would pay money to see that. I really liked this episode. I yeah, thought that um, it was good to character. Episode. Jerry yeah. Ryan yeah. did a lot of really great work. Jerry, she's always very surprising. How good? That's she's what I mean. So much well, better. because they just made <laughs> the her a fucking hot times. body in a fucking tin tin skite. Wow, skin tight suit is what I was trying yeah. to say. And in this, I mean, she was still hot, but she was also like just really amazing. And considering it was so her centric yeah she was doing a lot of it on her own and she was really great so i thought she was awesome ah, you come around to seven yay i mean she just deserves a better costumer she does yes like, simple as that but so do many many women in star trek but listen a lot of us deserve her to have a terrible costumer because again she looks hot i know but it's like it's like that's the first time i watched it when i was a kid like it's like that's all i remembered from it from her like it was like doing during the rewatch i was like this is really good acting and like when i was finally not distracted and could actually like pay attention to performance being fair that could also speak to your own raging hormones at the time it isn't necessarily jerry ryan's fault that you couldn't stop looking at her ass no no it was the costumer's fault for intentionally making her a sex object when she's just one of the best actresses on the show well i i I think i might have said it before but like even as a you know young teenage boy very much the the target of that costume i found it embarrassing you know i was like what the i don't come to star trek for this I, I have other sources. When I was a kid, about seven of nine. Yeah, no, I'm ashamed to admit. I it. bet if you had paid closer attention to seven, you would have started coming to Star Trek for that. Mm. Oh. Um, I said, I said, lob softballs. Jake looked like he wanted to yeah. have something. Yeah, I, I, I just I remember the word I was looking for a moment ago. It was exonym. What exonym? the fuck does, what that, does that, mean? that mean? An exonym is the word for a group of people or a place that. Other people use. So, oh, yes, so yes, like yes. we call Deutschland Germany. Oh, oh. Yeah. And Nippon is Japan, etc. Yeah, and an endonym is what the people from Within, that place okay. or in that group call themselves. Oh. So perhaps Vulcan is an exonym that humans came up with for them, but they call themselves shitheels. Another great example is how we call ourselves Americans and the rest of the world calls us a bunch of cunts. Hey, ho, hey, ho. Yeah, I think you said you were reading an article on that recently about how there's a lot of discussion about, okay, because names changed. Mm. Uh, I think uh, Iswatini was an example because they used to call it Swaziland. Mm -hmm. Now they call it Iswatini because the the people there decided this is what you should call us. Mm -hmm. And that's like very recent. That's like within the last 10 years. Yeah, see, I didn't. I hadn't even heard about the name change, so that's mm. news to me. I know because Jake and I play different uh, country guessing games. Oh, like GeoGuessr? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, but like global and worldol and stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. And you guess, and I, I have, I have found Iswatini many a time. Mm. <laughs> I feel like Czechia is another one because mm-hmm. um, mm. most of the world calls it the Czech Republic, but but they've I think officially changed their name to. Czechia. Well, and even Ukraine. Until recently, I thought of Ukraine as being the Ukraine, which apparently is just Russian branding because mm. they don't actually prefer being called the Ukraine. Yeah, because it sounds like it's part, like a, yeah. like a geographical region versus a, a exactly country. its own country. And there mm. was another thing too: the way we pronounce Kiev, Kiev. it's Kiev, right? Yeah, we, we yeah we used to do the the Russian pronunciation as opposed to the. 
I mean, in our defense, how would we know unless someone told us? Mm. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. But I'm glad we know better now. Yeah. But what about the what about the the meal? Is it now Chicken Kiev or is it still Chicken? I mean, I guess it would be Chicken Kiev because it's named for for the for the place. Chicken Kievas Fajo. God, now I want some chicken. Now that guy was such a cunt. It's it's it is Kievas Fajo. There we go. I thought the snow scene in which Seven is dreaming about being in a blizzard looked fucking terrible. I thought she was it dreaming of a white Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, it was pretty. That was it a was rough some one. Bad uh, compositing. Yeah. There, there was also a scene with the Doctor and Seven, and like it was showing like all the pods in the background. Oh yeah. Like, all the yeah. Pods. And it, like zoomed it was, out. It so, looked really bad. First, it didn't. Oh, no. It didn't look very good. And where in the ship was that? It wasn't even a cargo bay. <laughs> it was just some random. Why didn't we use this room for all the people in the previous episode? How come we did? Maybe. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. Also, where do we get all these stasis tubes? But that, mm, um, don't worry about it. Maybe they just replicated them up, right? They have to have a large format replicator. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. There has to be. There's yeah. like some some poor bastard that operates it, and it's just and he just gets orders for like, okay, we need 150 stasis tubes. God fucking damn it! There goes my weekend. <laughs> Is it Miles O'Brien? Because I feel like that seems like the kind of thing he would. Uh... No, it's one of his cousins. Get but stuck yes. on like, yeah, one of the O'Brien cousins. The whole family suffers. Twenty minutes suffers. to replicate. It's going to be a couple days. Could you use a transporter as a large format replicator? I don't think it's it similar is. technology. We right? tried something like that with Moriarty, and it it's got true. weird. <laughs> <laughs> we tried something like that with Thomas Riker, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got weird. Ames is confused by her own note. No, I can't read my own fucking handwriting. No, I've been there. Which one? Any of them. Oh, fair Um, enough. No, I was going to say, normally, like in fucking distant voices, I fucking hate hallucination scenes and dream sequences and all this bullshit because it's so fucking didactic that I could scream. But the scene in which the hallucination crew is just mocking mm. Seven. Mm. And Janeway says, well, my fault for putting any trust in her. It's a fucking great delivery. I and thought I thought that at the time, too. I really, like, I said, I said out loud, great delivery, Janeway, and Jake stared at me and <laughs> left the room. <laughs> yeah, for, for all of my complaints, this is probably one of the better instances of a hallucination oh, yeah, no, this scenario is actually, Star Trek has ever done. This yes. is a good one. Yeah. There aren't many. No, this yeah. Is, this like, this is, is, this is watchable. I, I, I would watch it again. <laughs> yeah, some of the, like, Distant Voices, just skip it. It's not even worth rewatching. Oh my god, it's so bad. Yeah, that, that's rough. That, that is definitely one that transcends. Like, that's not just a one of the worst episodes didn't, of Deep Space Nine. That is a bad track episode. Didn't you have multiple stop. episodes like that? No, there was the one where, oh, it was, it was the one where 31. he was, yeah, he was stuck in, Fuck that episode. stuck in that guy's brain. Oh, and Sloan, oh, trying, Sloan trying to get Sloan's secrets. Yeah, that's another example of how they just do not do that stuff well. They do not. Yeah, but this, I, I don't know, I like, even if, you know, yeah, the accuracy notwithstanding, I really liked the portrayal of, uh, Tudor, what the fuck is the guy's name? The Tragus? Tragus. Tragus. Yeah, I really liked the portrayal. I thought the actor did a good job. I feel like, have we seen this actor before? No, I looked him up. No. We'll see him again in Enterprise. I was watching watching with my friend, and they were like, it's like, this person's been in Star Trek a lot, right? And I looked at it, I was like, no, there's just one Enterprise episode in the future. He's got nothing else. He's, He's super, he's a super, like, 
like uh, active actor. He's in stuff like constantly. Yeah, like, even today, there. like he's, he's still in stuff. How do you spell his name? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. The one character, the actor, yeah, the character, or uh, the actor. I was. I wanted top, to look up top the actor. Line. You go ahead. While you're doing that, yeah, he's all over the place. Just he's a bad guy. Like yeah, twice total. Mm. We yeah. also got to see another Borg, and they're always oh, fun. Yeah, I liked him. The effect, the effect when um, the uh, warp core turned green. That yeah, was kind of, that, that was really well cool. done. That yeah. was cool. Yep. I just wanted to see if I recognize this guy. Do it. Yeah, no, I was sure. It's like they're they're casting people have a type or something. Because I was sure I was gonna look him up. And, oh, of course he was this one and that one. And it's like nope. There's only so many people willing to go under that much makeup. True. <laughs> Surprised they didn't just get Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> he was busy that day playing Wayun. Mm. And Brunt. I love Wayun. Oh, I love that episode where he's like everybody all at once. <laughs> oh, so that's, right, that's right. I I got vibes, and, and because you guys did a did a series on um firefly remember the assassin in firefly in the last that, episode in like the last episode like, oh i was getting jubal like, early yeah i was getting like that guy vibes really like, see jubal bit. early was eccentric though this guy seemed yeah, just yeah, threatening yeah he seemed intense yeah not no, eccentric. I, th- I think it was mostly like the stalking around the ship okay that, that's fine too and... apparently he was in a movie a couple years ago called roe uh roe v wade and I don't have to look up much else about the movie other than that the top cast who played uh, Warren Berger is John Voight to know that oh, I would not like this movie. Oh, dear. Um, not a good start. So, interesting. Yeah, I didn't really recognize him. I mean, he's been in, a, like you say, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he's always like, guy, one episode. You know, oh, we've got a three-episode arc and whatever this is. Um so yeah, it just seems like yeah. a waiter. Waiter in actor. background. Yeah. <laughs> Still get you get work. Yeah. Yep. Not sure about some of these choices. Yeah, you gotta get paid. You know. Yeah, get paid. Yeah, but you don't have to be in Roe v. Wade with John Voight to get paid. Well, okay, fair enough. We got anything else? Final note. Um, one the episode the episode title mm. which. Thought one of one would be real good, but I'm just saying. But the yeah, the, what the what? That's way better. So. Uh, but the 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 title one had also been the working working title for Tuvix. Mm. They eventually huh. renamed it Tuvix. Yeah, that's, a, that's better. They should have used the number two Vix. <laughs> they should have. So speaking of ships going through nebulae, nebulas, sure. whatever ships. So uh, some time ago now. We mentioned uh, offhand a terrible, terrible article that ranked what it called the most powerful ships on Star Trek. And I I contend that their list is bad because its number one response was, I should have had this ready, mm-hmm. the swarm ships from Star Trek Beyond. They were defeated by music. <laughs> Classical, Classical music. music. Bam! Thank you, Jake. Number two. Not going to do the whole list, but the, the, whole list. Yeah, the USS Vengeance from Star Trek Into Darkness. What? I mean, I've never heard a, of that film. What's that movie ship. about? Number three, the USS Prometheus. Oh, yeah, we watched that episode recently, and that's why we, we discussed this list. vector attack. Yeah, meanwhile... That was, was going to be my joke, one of my joke bad answers. Yeah, any, any, meanwhile, meanwhile, number 20 out of 20, therefore the weakest of the most there powerful... There 20 total? Oh, yep, my. The weakest of the most powerful ships. So they're saying the most powerful ship they've seen in Star Trek 
is the fucking swarm ships. The weakest of the most powerful ships, V'ger. That's... Should be number one. Yeah, do, can, <laughs> I don't know about number it, one. I'd put it number can, one. I think the Krenum ship yeah, that's, is yeah. pretty fucking... Number rough. 19 is the Borg Cube. They're pretty good. Number 18... Yeah, that's... Here's the thing. There are things on here that I think are powerful, but they... The order's fucked up. Completely broken. Yeah. And then there's stuff These that These are just, ships that are more powerful than the swarm ships. Yeah, like the Whale Probe, yeah. which can shut down ships just by being near them and boil oceans. And you can't defeat it. No. There is actually no defeating it. The Doomsday Machine, which you can only defeat by breaching an entire-ass warp core. Which, again, so Doomsday Machine, crazy powerful. Number 15? Are we sure this list is supposed to be ordered and it's not just... There's 20 ships... No, no, I I double-checked. The 20 most powerful ships in the galaxy, ranked. Oof. So, unless it was in reverse order and they didn't mention that, they think the little fucking B ships... So, I just thought we would discuss what we think without, you know, necessarily rehashing their list, though I think we will. But I thought it's important to try to determine some level of ground rule because in the brief discussion we had before we decided we would just do this separately, it did come up, you know, where do you draw the line between the ship itself and its equipment? Did this come up? I don't remember this coming up. I think you're making it up, to be honest. Maybe it didn't make it into the final edit, but because Jake brought up the red matter... But the red matter wasn't depicted as intrinsic to any vessel that had it. What is red matter? It's the stuff that creates black holes in Star Trek 2009. Okay. Again, remember absolutely nothing about this movie. I see Spock's in it. Yeah. So it can... I mean, that red matter as a weapon is powerful. But it doesn't seem like you need to have a special ship to carry it. Just to fill you in really quickly, since you're saying you don't remember it. Basically, what they do is they inject a little itty-bitty blob of red matter into the core of the planet, and it makes the planet go kaboom. Yeah. So, it it itself is very destructive, but it is carried by shocks... Shocks? Spock's little squid ship. It's carried by the Narada. You know, so it seems like the ship itself isn't... Doesn't... Like, I feel like it's too separate from the ship for it to actually make the ship, quote-unquote, powerful. You know, the Genesis torpedo can be on any ship. I feel like I feel like any ship could have any feature of any ship. Well, that's that's sort of the question there, though. Is like it feels like, for example, the Krenum time ship. Like the impression we're under, they don't say explicitly, but it does seem like most of the ship is dedicated to making the weapon work. Yeah, you couldn't just give the Tenum Krenum time cannon or whatever and like strap it onto Voyager. Yeah, well, like the Krenum ship also has like incredible shielding against time changes so like there's other aspects yeah like i i feel like so so if we're going through the list there's like kind of different like classifications for things like right so like regardless of whether you could just take a time machine and strap it to another ship does it count it's probably just like best to consider like we're not really necessarily thinking about what classes of ships are the most powerful it's like what individual ships are the most powerful and that includes things like what equipment they have on them right right and that's but i guess what i mean is like where we draw the line between equipment that could be on anything versus equipment that that is intrinsic to your ship yeah you at least need a ship this powerful like because again you could stick a carton of red matter in a fucking shuttle pod from TNG. Whereas, like, you couldn't get... I mean, shit, you probably couldn't even put a proper quantum torpedo in a shuttle pod from TNG. You needed a certain minimum, you know, yeah. size and power capacity. And then there's also the question of what do we mean by powerful, because even the article, one thing I will give it... Although it is mostly referring to the terms of 
uh, martial power, military power, it grants, like, the Eon being a time ship. Like, it even says the weapons don't seem anything terribly special, but you could go anywhere in time and break time. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It's like, you sort of have, like, you've got, like, all the time ships. Yeah. And it's sort of, like... Discuss those, push them aside. Because yeah, they're it's all like, kind of the same power because yeah. anyone yeah. can go back in time well, and shoot. Yeah, well, like, and so then, the Borg, the Borg can time travel. Well, with okay, anyone can time travel is the yeah. thing. So like, yeah, like yes, yeah, so obviously the Eon, it's a lot easier because you push a button. You yeah. don't have to like slingshot or create a special vortex or call up Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but I also, I mean, I would just say then since we sort of got a big Rude. basis. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess the, I guess that I guess his ship did go back in time. People, yeah, nice. that has well yes. <laughs> so I would say, like, just with this basis, though, like, literally, no Starfleet vessel belongs on that list. What about the Prometheus, though? It's the multi-vector attack mode multi- and it Andy got Dick. its it got its ha- ass handed to it very fucking quickly. Twice, <laughs> yeah. Like that thing is like Starfleet vessels are powerful. But they don't seem to be more powerful necessarily than most of the other major. Well, that's one thing that's, Galax, that's uh, very bizarre on this list that you're referring to, which I'm sure we've linked below or yeah. in, or in It'll the be in the, in the and yeah. all this stuff. Very high on the li- list. They include the USS Voyager. Yes, they do. Not because Intrepid class is particularly powerful or anything, but because the Voyager in particular did a lot of stuff that no other ship has ever done. Yeah, but that's down to. That's just because they were in a weird place for a long time. And they made it work. Yeah. yeah like, that... Yeah. Like, that is dumb. Compl- like, that's not even a question of the order was bad. That was just dumb. That's missing the point of why it yeah. survived. It's only... Yeah. You're putting that ship on your list because it was the hero ship of the show and it did stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by that justification, the Enterprise... Original Enterprise and the Enterprise D have done crazy shit, too, and also super powerful. They do include the idiot non-existent Enterprise D from All Good Things. Yeah, the future one with the third nacelle and like, the oh, it's got another nacelle! Yeah, but, yeah, that's something I don't understand because A, it's the, it's the same ship. It just right. has a bigger cannon and extra nacelle. Yeah, now. and we only see it briefly. Well, what's really idiotic is the Enterprise J is on there. <laughs> that fucking thing. We only see it from the inside Pizza and we never <laughs> see it compared to anything else. We don't know how powerful it is in comparison to any other ship from the 26th. Like we big, can it's assume! Like a, it's like a pizza cutter, man. It's not round enough to be a pizza cutter. That's it's true. Oblong it's a wonky fuck. pizza cutter. How big is this pizza and can I have some? But that's what I mean. We don't even see what it can do. Bro, no, you know? pizza. And chicken? This, this is torture. Yeah, that's why, that's why I think... How about pizza with that, chicken on it? That's why I think it should definitely just be like presentations of it's 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 kind of like what does what does we what does have, the piece of media show it doing yeah. and it doesn't really matter the other the specific yeah. configuration right 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 like you can you could the red matter stuff you could make that's that's basically just like it had a bomb on it but like yeah so like that's why like i think the narada might be on the list somewhere it's like no <laughs> Yeah. But isn't part of what's so special about the Defiant, for example, the fact that they do have cloaking technology and the fact that they did have Chief O'Brien, like, fucking around with it and making it better? Yeah, fine little ship, but it's not one of the most powerful ships in Star Trek. Tough little ship. Yeah, well, I guess like... what I'm saying is just that, like, um, it still matters. That stuff still counts. Because weren't there lots of Defiants running around, but this one just happens to have had the best... Well, no, it, it it there were lots running around eventually because O'Brien figured out what was wrong with the original version. Well, fine. I withdraw my complaint. But no, I don't think, like, with any universe with V'ger and the Doomsday Machine and, uh, what was the other one? Krenum. 
The Krenum, the Voss City ship. Like, we don't see exactly what it can do, but we know it can fucking transport an entire starship. That's enough for me to go, yeah, that's probably high up the list. Mm. I would posit that even like your average they on the list they have the breen because they oh, can yeah. turn off other people's ships <laughs> what do the, they do caitlin they change everything yes. that automatically <laughs> is more powerful than every vessel starfleet has having like, the power to change everything is pretty impressive <laughs> I've got the power. so like i would say definitely like top of the list it's that's where it gets a little like ooh, what's number one is it the whale probe. Is it V'ger? Is it the doomsday machine? I mean, the Krenum time ship can just literally rip reality a new asshole with the push of a few buttons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye. Ouch. I think the most powerful ship in the universe is whatever ship Kevin Uxbridge happens to be on. <laughs> <sighs> Actually, you can't trust him on ships. That's why he's on a planet by himself. Yeah. Ooh, boy. With his dead wife. <laughs> the most powerful ship in the universe is friendship. Ah! I hope, I hope that's the big answer in your article, Chris. God, no. Um, so, what I mean, what, what other people think, though? Like, it, who who takes the number one spot? Or is it someone I've not thought to list? Yeah, who else did you want to bring up, Rossi? Were there other ships you wanted to put well, on the list? So, so, like, so kind of what I was, I was thinking, I've got a couple things. Um, does a Dyson Sphere count as a ship? Let's that say is, no. No. Why not? It doesn't It's not develop. a ship. Well, why not? It's a space it's station at best. It's well, but it could move via like it, it could easily move when you easily? surround. Easily, do you know easily. how big it is? Yeah, because it's powered by a star. You can yeah, you have can to move the star with it. Yeah, Gen- generally yeah, speaking, fine, Dyson spheres aren't made for that. Yeah, but the, it could easily do that. There's no reason. It can't. Okay, well we've it's never seen no reason it can't. We've be never seen a mobile Dyson sphere in Star Trek, all right, so it doesn't right. exist. And we've so never we'll seen that. one. Like, how are you counting it as powerful? And that it just it's powered it's, by it's, a sun. It's, power, it's taking in all the energy of a star. It's it, a lot, I mean, here's the thing: if a lot you of energy could make a Dyson sphere mobile, yeah, it would probably be a motherfucker. You could totally make a Dyson sphere mobile. But again, we don't see that in Star Trek. So it's not a thing. I'm just saying, it's theoretical. That's the episode with uh, Scotty. Yes. Because he was stuck in one and then they didn't bother exploring the Dyson Sphere at all for some reason. No, come on, because if they it. had explored it, we would have found out that it could have been used as a propulsion because system. It's, it's, those great, it's those great vacuum cleaners, dude. We've seen <laughs> My other one is like, so can a ship be biological? Sure. They have Species 8472 and Tin Man on their list. Cool. Does it have to be crewed? I don't Tim know. What are you thinking? Tim Man is a crew. No, that's true. It, it gets a crew, okay. but it was not initially. If it is crude, could it be like done by like a biological computer? You mean like Discovery? So biological computer, probably okay. Like Cylon Raider? Yeah, sure. Oh, God. That's like the worst oh, part that of that show. Oh, that episode where she's watching all around the Starbuck fucking cut uh, it open. Though. Okay, so I posit that Q is the most powerful <laughs> starship in the known universe. To be Thank fair, you. we do see bad. him really as some there kind of really a better. light or something chasing the Enterprise in Encounter at Farpoint. Sorry, I missed some of that. I'm pretty sure in Encounter at Farpoint, we see him chasing the Enterprise as oh. just... A light? What the fuck? Do you have, does anyone else remember this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Making this up? He was a weather balloon. Yeah, well, he well, creates like, that. engulfs the whole ship. Yeah, he creates that net, but then the, when they get away from the net, it shrinks down to a ball and chases well, them. Well, if, right. car- yeah. if he had the whole, what wrapped himself around the whole ship, then technically you could say he had a crew in him, so definitely Well, he's, he's, being, he crewed, said, he's said, being crewed by his meat brain. He saw, his he meat saw computer. Picard. 
He saw Picard, and he's like, I want him inside me. No! <laughs> and that is very crude. Again, <laughs> that's really a good example. No, this one. Yeah. Oh, God, it was bad, too! Yeah. Right, well, I, that that, that reminds me, though, the Tholian ships. They can create that crazy that, fucking yeah. web. That's yeah. nuts. It's a, it's a terrible web. Well, you have to be kind of immobile for it to work. And uh, also, um, one thread on its own wouldn't be very effective. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Just thought of what one. about Baylock's ship? Yeah, yeah, uh, the Fasarius. Yeah, the first. The well, it's got the Tranya, so therefore, yeah, like it's tricky. Powerful. It's powerful stuff. We don't know a lot about what it can do. We assume it can do a lot because it's fucking huge, and it's only vulnerable to Corbomite. So <laughs> it it breaks into the Enterprise's systems and shuts them down very easily. Apparently, so like yeah, it's probably up there. But again, unfortunately, we just don't have much in the way of comparison to know exactly how potent. It could be a lot of a lot of the power, like the things that seem like they've like they've got gotchas. You know, it's like the stuff where like they have like some extenuating circumstance, where, which lets them punch above their their, yeah. their weight class. Like it's like, oh, I can just shut down electronics. Yeah, you know, which is kind of like kind of weird. And and also, there's so much precedent of being able to shield against that eventually. Yeah, like even even the Breen ships, like some of the Klingon ships kept working. Yes, and they were able to replicate that across the rest of the fleet. So yeah, so that, that that can be neutralized. It can. Jake is mid thought. What about the uh, was it the Cytherians? What about the, the Oh, the, the ones who gave Barkley the yeah, brilliant the powers? Cytherian probe. Oh, yeah. Mm. That yeah, that flashed Barkley and he turned into a super Ew, don't flash Barkley. <laughs> yeah, he'll get all kinds of ideas. Well see they don't build their own ships, they just make, they make people you come modify. Yeah, but their probe is, is a little ship yeah, type no, thing, true. I guess. Okay, it if, moves in space. Oh if Rossi can bring up Q, then I can bring up <laughs> Apollo, who did chase the impa- the Enterprise as with an hand. entire planet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That does I a, the planet. That is a spaceship. But he Just also is, is a, a planet. Did he not? No, that's no, no, no. That's he never left his planet. It was um, Gothos chases them with oh, a whole yeah. planet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're thinking Gothos. of Gothos. But I mean, the both of them though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I just God thought though, <laughs> a few weeks ago, last week, two. I don't know. Yeah. The forget me people. Their ships could firewall cloaked. Mm. And their weaponry, no one had yet to discover an effective shield against it. Plus, we forget them within yeah. days, yeah. so they could have killed us and we wouldn't even know you, it. And that thing is like, you fight them, they go away, you stop researching them. Why are we unless, missing all this stuff? Unless someone know. writes it down. Yeah. Maybe their well. ships actually really <laughs> suck. They're like the space equivalent of a rowboat, but it doesn't matter because yeah. they've got everything else going on. What about the... Wait, does that come up later in the show? There's, there's, an, there's an episode with like mythological people in Voyagers? maybe that's i can't remember if that's if that I might be that might be mythological ahead, creatures ahead now, yet I'm, I'm ahead and watching it uh, mm. yeah that's true there are there are ships we haven't yet encountered yeah. captain proton's ship yes obviously yes <laughs> unstoppable it's got uh, plot, it's got plot armor yeah it is unstoppable <laughs> well every fuck you know what you're right every starfleet hero ship at least is the most powerful because it has plot armor. Unless Troy is driving. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of them blow up. A yeah. lot of the hero ships get blown that's, up. That's true. Um, well, then the Voyager definitely should get moved up the ranks because it is not blown up in spite of the number of times that uh, Janeway has really wanted to blow that fucker up. A Voyager has blown up, though. Oh, that's true. true. A couple yeah. of times. The duplicate that Harry yeah. Kim came from. Yeah, there's that one. There's the one in the... in Not Killing Game, the other one... Year of Hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, in yeah, in yeah. Year of Hell, that Janeway does ramming crash speed. it into the, the yeah. friend of the ship. Ramming, she, ramming speed it just happens shit. to not count because we went back in time. 
Does a blue barrel that wipes Warfound count as a sure <laughs> No! God damn it, no! We can save that for some sort of favorite one-off villains list. Okay, but I would uh, I would suggest that some pilots who are very good pilots can do what is called a barrel roll, and that yeah. thing definitely does a barrel roll yeah, right no. into Warf. I'm on board. I, it's I'm a on, ship. Yeah. It's a no, ship. I, think, I think this could take out Q. <laughs> Giant space squid that came in from Picard. What? Oh, oh shit! The, the... the thing that was going to wipe out all biological yeah. life in the galaxy. Are we not talking about Farpoint? No, no, that was a jellyfish. Star Trek oh, Picard. excuse oh. me. And that wasn't a ship. That was a. That was well. I know that's why I thought we're it talk... was weird that we were bringing it up. So Eagles. we're talking about the Cthulhu monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, but it was like a. a it was like a. a a robot. It was like a robot thing. Yeah. yeah. Robo yeah. tentacles trying to trying to wipe Again, out we, biological. We never life. quite saw exactly what it could do, so that's a little trickier. So yeah. it sounds like this we list is impossible to write because there are just too many. Well, Chris is tasked with writing it, so well, just just don't just don't really go for uh, like number one, number two, number three because like. But my whole point is their numbering is. Terrible. Because so num- I should because come up numbering with... it's a bad idea because you you have like a rock paper scissors situation going on with a lot of them. I, or or it's it's like you, the top of your list is going to be dominated by time travel because that is the well, obviously. I, I think we do have to set that aside. Like I said, like, you know, it's like so if you're already doing that, just make up your own game rules. I, I know, <laughs> but I wanted feedback. The whole own, point is we're be all going to person. Feedback. I mean, I will say again, like it's even that there are ships on their list that I think belong on the list. Their ordering is just idiotic. Yeah. Like, even if I can't, you know, even if we're having trouble, like, oh, well, which one is number one? I think we can all agree it's none of their top five. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're all the top three. bad. Tell they're... us what their top five is. Whoever whoever wrote it probably hasn't seen any of the original stuff. They just watched Almost. the movies. Is well, Nagilum a ship? What's that? Is Nagilum a ship? No. No? No. He's Isn't he a, a giant space hand? He's a giant space hand. You know, we'll, we'll just go through. Right, 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 I won't read so. their their descriptions. You can do that later, although I will say it's very clunkily written. This needed a better editor. So going from least most powerful to most most powerful again. V'ger. Borg Cube. Very powerful. Enterprise J. Don't know enough. Whale Probe. Nice. Very powerful. Oh, very powerful. Tin Man. Pretty powerful, I think. What does Tin Man? Tin Man he does spins around really fast. I don't remember what Tin Man is. He sends out pings. It apparently destroyed a powerful Romulan warbird with a single thought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoops. That's the Doomsday Machine. Extremely Good powerful. Good one. The Voth City Ship. Very powerful. The Eon. What about the Dreadnought or whatever that thing was called? Dreadnought. The missile. Yeah, Alana's the, friend. Was oh. it Dreadnought? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can't believe I fucking remember I think it, that. I think that was powerful, but I... I bet they wouldn't... It's they, also... I bet they wouldn't qualify it as a ship. It's single use as well. Uh, the Defiant is, in fact, on here. I forgot about that. That's... Rightly oh, so. You know, a good, powerful I ship for a Starfleet ship. What, I don't so. think the Defiant could take on a Borg. I don't think a Not Defiant alone. alone could take out most of these ships alone. No, yeah. no. Uh, the, yeah, the, the future Enterprise D. Weird. The yeah, Narada. Yeah, weird. Very weird inclusion. The scimitar, which, yeah, potent, but I still wings, think should be... Wings. I, yeah. ju- I think it's pretty, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I put it on this list. Breen warships. Very one. powerful. Good one. Species 8472 vessels. Yeah, they're pretty damn powerful. They can take out a couple Borg cues. Yeah, especially yeah. when they're together efforts. and they make the space anus, which we all love. Anus. The Krenum temporal weapon. Fuck yes. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Probably actually. Voyager. Why? Really <laughs> undercutting their whole point too is that they, they have that picture where you see her from head on and she just looks happy. She's so cute. Yay! I'm a ship. I'm a ship. I'm a ship. Look at my little weird frog legs. The relativity. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm the, assuming that's another time. It's another travel. time travel. Yeah. The eon, the relativity. Yeah. The and then yeah, three, two, one, Prometheus, Vengeance, Stupid. and the Swarm ships. Stupid. Someone really loves J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Well, he didn't even do that. Or the, movie. Okay, the J.J. Abrams. Yeah, that, that universe. Yeah. yeah. And it's not Ames. It is definitely not Ames. I think my vote's gonna continue to be for Viger because Viger's fucking huge. You can't you can't fight it. There's no fighting Viger. It's fucking huge. Just going places, it destroys everything in its path. It can destroy anything in a single shot. Yeah. And it's threatening and, and to it's, annihilate the planet. And it's learning. Yeah. It's, it learns as it goes. Yeah. Is it a ship? Yes. Do you need a chair? What no, weird none, thing no are you Jem-Badar doing now? No ships have chairs. There you oh, go. There true. you go. Right. Cheers. Yeah. Excuse me. I was going to say Tin Man doesn't have a chair, but then... It he makes made one. one. Made looks like a big tongue. Um, <laughs> I'd like to sit on that chair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't see exactly, like... We don't see what its upper limits are, but they are presumably fucking monumental. Yeah, but then you just trick it with a logic puzzle. <laughs> no, you kill Decker inside of it until it goes <laughs> I could, away. I could actually remember which... <laughs> which... Which V'ger plotline it was? That's the thing. They, they they totally oh yeah, it's not it. Nomad. Yeah, that's they, the, yeah. They, that's the thing. They don't they don't trick it with a logic puzzle. They just like it wants to be with its creator. And Deckard says, "I'll stand in for the creator." And V'ger's like, "All right," and leaves. Works. Let's yeah. do this thing. What happens when Deckard dies? Does V'ger just I mean, like go I back? Think, to being... I don't think Deckard died. I think he just became. He ascends. Yeah, he, yeah, he sort of kind becomes of... part of V'ger. It's then also implied that it like starts. Hopping dimensions or something. It gets weird. I guess anything that can hop dimensions is pretty powerful. Well, it's implied. It's never said outright. So, What do you think the mirror universe Borg are like? Do you think they're stronger than normal? No, they're really happy, friendly people. Yeah, that would be great. They actually, they they invite you to join, but they're not going to pressure you. And all they have is like a tea party. Come to our tea party. They also have better better cable management. Yes. (laughs) They have invented the zip tie. Someone um, must have written Mary Universe before. What about, oh, what about the USS Discovery? It's the most powerful ship because Michael Burnham is on board. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's the only one who can do anything in Discovery. Uh, the uh, Strange New Worlds Enterprise because... Uh, Pike's hair. Captain Daddy Pike, Pike is hot. I don't know. I got nothing. But yeah, I, I feel like maybe it, it, it is, if nothing else, it's a lock that of everything we've seen, V'ger's likely the most powerful. Except if a time travel machine undid it. Yeah, as I say, yeah, right. because, because the Krenim ship yep. could just fire. If the Krenim ship fired its its beam at Earth, yeah. it would also destroy. It would destroy not everything. only all of Starfleet but also Viger. Holy shit! There you go. There right, is Krenim number one, Viger number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I do not. I think it, it would be very hard to find something. That, that the, V'ger, that uh, that Krenim ship couldn't undo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for Q. And so. the only way that the Krenim ship was defeated is because it was deliberately sabotaged from within. Yeah, and then Raymond yeah. beat it. And that's also how the swarm ships were defeated with sabotage. Sabotage. No. <laughs> no. I will say one was thing. Was that set up or on the fly? Yeah, I, well, I said the sabotage thing legitimately, and then I was like, ooh, yeah. there's a good... Jake's a quick one. I will opportunity say, here. I mean, I, I, they're not as powerful as the Arctic would make them say, but you have to give the swarm ships credit that their entire their entire mode of attack is literally just ramming speed. That's, that's what they do. Yeah. They just crash the fuck into shit to kill it. They're like, guns are for wimps, ramming speed en masse. 
So and when, that's whenever cool. they whenever they ram, did they survive the ramming? It's, they seemed to. Okay, I, again, don't remember much of these it's movies. It's been a while since oh, I've seen thought, Neon. Yeah, I thought they blew up, but maybe there was just there was an explosion. I, is it just that there's time. so many? There's a picture of cats that are very cute, and I love them. But yeah, so yeah, I guess I will try to distill our thoughts into words and photos. Uh, and snark. And, and maybe, snark required. Maybe snark. Uh, not as good as Ames, likely, snark. though. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed this, 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 uh, not Ames-led discussion. Mm. It's like a five-hour episode. Yeah, this Very is... Long. Keep, keep in mind, we're going to chop out, like, literally the first 12 <gasps> minutes right away. Speaking of ships still be really long. and yeah. snark. Hold on. Snark? Say that again. Speaking of ships and snark... Snark was the original name of the Nostromo in Alien. Really? Uh-huh. And I did, I forgot to mention it when we talked Alien a couple weeks ago. What a terrible name. It's yeah, funny. It's very Mark. funny to me, so. The Snark. That's and do you remember wild. when the Snark encountered aliens? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Snark, Take us out, Snark. Ames. Oh, God, I'm still taking us out. I forgot. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, it's so, the end of the show. Jesus, ba, God, ba, Rossi. Ba, it's, it's time for us to show. go. Oh, the yeah, Event sure, Horizon is a very powerful right. ship because it contains a gateway to hell. Wrong universe, though. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen footage from Event Horizon in two box brands. That just means that movie exists in the Star Trek universe and he's seen it. And fine. Tuvok wouldn't go watch Event Horizon. No, willingly, but maybe he's they had a, a movie night. Uh, they had a movie night on the ship and Janeway ordered him to show up. All right. So Big like... Sam Neill fan. He's Sam Neill's great. He's great. Uh, we're going to shut up now. Yes. Holy shit. I'm shocked that we'll right. ever do this. Yeah, so definitely, you can definitely figure out what the fuck Chris's list is going to contain over on our Tumblr. Links below. Uh, check it out there, sshbpodcast.com, along with all of our other great blogtivities from over the past many years of writing bullshit for you guys. Uh, you can listen to our other episodes. Next week, we're going to be doing... Oh my god, we're finishing off season four of Voyager. Oh my god. And jumping right into the first episode of season five as well so the episodes next week are going to be hope and fear finale of season four and night premiere of season five so get ready for that that means we're going to be doing best and worst retrospective of uh season four shit fucking a that's over on soundcloud or any any podcast location we're there you listen you found it. us once you'll find us again whatever you're using right now gets tolerable uh, <laughs> So yeah, keep listening there. Listen to all our past episodes. Go listen to the alien coverage, in which I forgot to mention that it was called the Snark. Do you, you ever can... do you ever wonder how many people like were their first podcast ever and they just give up on the whole medium? Because <laughs> <of the Snark>? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh fuck, is this what podcasts are? This is terrible. Hey, you know what? If that means they never hear Joe Rogan, we've done a public service. Fine. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. This has been Silver Chris. I'm James. I'd say thank you for joining us, James. But get the fuck out of my house! Damn it. Well, there it is. <laughs>